And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, what's up, everyone? We have had one hell of a week. You talk about a Friday and Saturday filled with action in the world of MMA. This is weighing in with Josh Thompson and John McCarthy. We are here to talk to you about what happened in the world of MMA in just the last two days. You can catch us on YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all those other plethoras of podcasting platforms that are out there. If you have a friend that likes MMA, talk to them. Tell them about us. Tell them to subscribe. Give us the thumbs up. We like the thumbs up. We don't like the thumbs down, but really we don't care about the thumbs down because we don't get that many. So it's a good thing. We also have beautiful t-shirts like you're seeing right here with me. I'll go to the side there. Boom. Nice. The weighing in news, our new sign. Got the old one up there. But you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com to get one of these cool shirts. When you go to ProWrestlingTees.com, what is it? You go backslash. I can't remember. Talk to me, Josh. Forward slash. Forward slash. Ah. Forward slash forward weighing slash in. Forward slash weighing in. And when you go to forward slash weighing in, it's going to pop up with a bunch of different t-shirts. We are in a contest also. So if you are in the blue corner with Josh Thompson, get that blue <sighs> weighing in t-shirt. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you everyone. Go. Yeah, yeah. Josh Thompson. Because, yeah. Because yeah. everyone needs to, you know, sometimes, you know, help the underdog. Yes. But if you want to go to the A side and you want to be in the red corner, which is the champion's corner, which is the corner that everyone wants to be in, and then you can be with me in the red corner, hit that and get a red shirt. That's proving that you are an intelligent human being. What's up, my brother? <laughs> oh, and also, if you use the uh, code word underdog, you'll get a 20% discount on that shirt. So that's for the rest of this month. Yes. What's happening, my man? Man, we had a long weekend. We had a long Holy weekend of shit. a lot of fights. <laughs> um, just so people understand. We've been we, up a lot of hours. Yeah, we've been up a lot of hours. But you guys don't. like. I fly home. Like We do our show in Connecticut, right, for Bellator on Friday night. Show yeah. ends show ends around 12:45 and we get off the air by the time we get out of the venue it's like one something we basically try to snatch up some food whatever we can find in that casino cuz there's not a whole lot of things open we eat we get maybe a beer or two in us and then uh I head straight to the airport at like 3:30 my car picks me up at 3:30 3:45 I'm at the airport by 4:30 and uh my flight leaves at 5:50 so I'm boarding my flight by 525 and I'm out of there, man. So I'm home just so we can get these filmings in. I mean, that's a big, that's one of the biggest reasons why I come home so early is that. And then, you know, we got to make sure we see Frankie fight. And, you know, we just had Frankie on last week and I was getting the energy. I was like, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe my old ass can still do this. And I was like, no, I saw him get hit a couple times. I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, this is nope. not going to happen. So uh, looks like it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can get into the UFC or do you want to get into Bellator first? You make a call. Ah, well, you know what? I said we just watched the fight, so it's fresh in our mind. Perfect. Let's talk about that one, then we'll talk about what happened All the right. night before. Good, good, good. Right. Let's talk about the first opening, uh, first two opening fights on the uh, UFC main card: Dwight Grant and uh, D Rod. What, dude? What a comeback! That was one of those good comebacks. Yep, it reminded me of Pat there. Barry and uh, Chuck Congo a little bit. I mean, Chuck Congo or Scott Smith against. Pete Drago Cell, yep. one of the great comebacks of all time. 
but just you know and people are sitting there you know complaining about you know chris tayoni about you know why didn't he stop in the first one there was a difference in yeah. what was occurring to the fighters and that's what the referee is seeing and chris did an outstanding job in giving him time but he's getting hit he's getting hurt but he's trying to respond and if he's trying to respond you're going to let him go on as long as he's doing the right things the big difference is when you saw that punch land and grant he went out for just that second and he hits the ground and he actually the shock brings him kind of back but he went out chris saw that he went out and that's why the fight stopped quicker for him than it did for rodriguez the other thing though like we talk about this a lot um is you've got to be basing it off of the body the the way the body's reacting dwight looked like his legs were gone before he got dropped he was tired and because he was was so exhausted he did the proverbial he shot his wad yes he He did went after him and and i don't blame him for going after him that's what he's supposed to do yeah man he was tired at that moment yeah he was exhausted he just he went for gusto but the problem was he wasn't picking and choosing his shots when he was doing it he was just hammer fisting hammer fisting that kind of got warned a bunch of times for hitting the back of the head as well i mean you've got to create the space enough to do to land the hard shots and he didn't do that and so nothing was really landing super clean there was a couple that got in there but there was nothing that was like oh no we're uh well last daniel i was gonna say i was gonna say a rod of course but d rod d rod uh was he there was nothing that there was nothing that really got solidly through when he was able to work back up to his feet. But then when Dwight got back to his feet, he was exhausted. And you wow. saw his the chicken legs. He saw just, you know, the stutter. I trained with Dwight. He was at AK for a lot of time. I don't know if, where he's at now. Uh, he just up and vanished one day. But he was at AK for the longest time. He was one of them. He was uh, Luke Rockhold's main training partner for the Chris Weidman fight. Really? Yeah, because no one was there. It was right after everyone had fought. And we both had fought. It was in the middle of like early January is when we fought. Uh, I fought Benson and he fought uh, Rockhold. Uh, Rockhold fought, uh, sorry, Weidman. And we only had, I only had Luke and I had like a couple other small guys and I had Dwight Grant. So it was just the five of us in the in the gym at the time because the gym was completely dead during that training camp time because it was during Christmas time and New Year's. No one trains really during that time. They don't want to take yeah. fights during those times. But, uh, but man... Dan Rodriguez, he took some big shots, got dropped, scrambled around, got back up to his feet. And what I liked about what he did is he put the pressure on. He didn't get up and go, okay, now I'm going to try to survive. No, no, no. He got up. He's like, okay, look, I know you try to just finish me. I know you're not going to be the same fighter you were before you when you dropped me. I'm going to get after you. And when he did that, Dwight Grant had no answer, had nothing. Well, when you know when you have put everything at that moment in that trying to finish the fight and now that referee hasn't stopped it and now your opponent's standing up and what are you trying to do you're trying to just grab as much oxygen as possible and then if a guy's starting to press you now it's like oh man and the wheels just started falling off of the cart but you know the the right hand that that dwight landed and that was nice because it was long and it was outside and you he never saw it coming it hurt him it was it was the kind of fight you just look at and you go that was just fucking awesome. Yeah. I love I I I really feel bad that one guy had to lose, but I'm glad that it you know happened the way it did because you know what one guy just showed that you know what he's got no quit in him and the other guy 
just made the mistake of exactly what you're saying. When you hurt somebody, you can't lose your mind. Yeah. This is the time that you really start to think and pick your shots and understand that good, hard shots are what's going to end this fight, not multitudes yeah. of things that some are hitting, some are not, some are bouncing off of the shoulders, bouncing off of the arm. Pick your shots. Put hard power into them, and that's usually the power is what when referees are watching. I used to tell guys all the time, man, stop getting into a position and starting to throw punches. Elbows scare referees. I'm just telling you, okay, because they do damage. And when you see a guy landing heavy thudding elbows, because this is that sound that you get, you know, the referee hears it. He hears that sound, and he's. Roy Nelson, I told him, I said, stop. You know, you're getting into that crucifix and you're doing your taps with your punches. Throw elbows. If you throw elbows, the referee's going to stop it. I'm telling you, he's going to become much more concerned the damage that's being done. Mm-hmm. And just, you got to be smart in what you do. But it was a, it was a cool fight. Fun. Yeah. Great. Was, you talk about a great fight. opening fight on a card. That's yeah. the kind you want. <laughs> That's and let's remind people that that fight was actually slapped together just yesterday because both of their opponents dropped out. And, so and they, it was switched to the main card because it was supposed to be, I think, the number four fight of the evening. Yeah, but they knew it was going to be action packed with the two of them. I'm surprised they didn't yeah. match those two up originally to begin with, you know. But it was it was supposed to be a good fight. Um, I have a question though: is yeah. why was it called a KO? Because there was a couple shots. It was because like, he went out. Okay, here here's the it. definition. So and so everyone knows, you don't have to go completely out yeah. under the unified rules. The definitions are this. If, as the referee, you stop a fight based upon the fact that the fighter is not intelligently defending themselves, it's a TKO. If you stop the fight because the fighter cannot intelligently defend themselves, it's a knockout. He doesn't even have to go unconscious because the cannot is meaning that their brain has been altered and... They really don't know where they're at, even though they're still conscious. And the whole thing comes down to basically suspensions also, because you want to get someone that you say, hey, this person got hit and altered to the point they didn't know who they were, but they were still there. You don't want to give them a TKO because that's going to be a 30-day suspension compared to a 60-day suspension for the KO. And you're really looking at trying to take care of the fighter and giving them more time off so they heal better. So... When you hear the TKO, it's supposed to be, not that all referees do it right because they'll call it wrong at times, but it's supposed to be if the fighter is not defending themselves and you stop it, that is a TKO. When they cannot and you stop it, it is a KO. Gotcha. That's, I, was, I was looking at that and I was trying to figure it out. I was like, oh, he still, he was out, but he kind of came back too. But it like, came back, yeah. yeah so. As soon as he went out, yep. Got it, I understand. But the same thing happened, what happened to Dwight Grant Happened to the next fight, which was, uh, <laughs> how do you say her last name? Agapova? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's supposed to be Agapova. Okay. Agapova. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic was getting that one all over. And I got another thing because I screw up names all yeah, the time. Yeah, I'm so. the worst, man. I was loving it. Yeah, it's Agapova. Agapova. She, you talk about losing your mind and going nuts <sighs> at the beginning of a fight. Yeah. You know, I, lo- I love her when she walks out and when she's, you know, getting Agapova. introduced. Agapova. Agapova. There you go, not Agapova. It's, no, Agapova. that's what he was saying, Agapova. Isn't it? That's okay. what Dominic was saying. I thought it was Agapova. Agapova. Is it Agapova? Agapova. Okay. Is the correct way of saying it. Okay, okay. 
Okay. Yeah. He was, was saying Agapova is, okay. is what Dominic was okay. saying. Which it just got in his mind. And you heard them. You know that someone talked to him because he said it right then. Yeah. And then he went right back to the way it was. It was like, oh, it's just in his head, man. It's, he's stuck. I don't blame him. But Dobson, though, here's the thing. Now you've got me confused. Agapova. Ag <laughs> okay. Now you've got me confused. Agapova. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing with her. So she, she, she asked for that fight. After her last fight, her yeah, she had she a great performance. A she yeah. wanted this fight. When you yeah. request a fight, I know you want to go out there and perform, but talk about an adrenaline dump. Oh, she she could barely complete. stand up after the fight. She was just and so dumb. No, she got carted off. Oh my gosh, man! She got stretchered out because she had a complete adrenaline dump. Yep, and then exhaustion and, and shots. Yep. So, so she got carted off. This is take, a huge, this is a big learning experience. And I think a lot of this comes from, and I'm just saying, cause I think she's still pretty young. Yeah. Is, nine and two. Yeah. But I mean, she's still pretty young though. Her age though, I think. Um, 23, they, 23 years old, 23 years old. This is what I, I I'm going to, I think this is really what it happened is she started reading her own press. Cause she came in eh. there thinking she came in there thinking that she was like, just going to come out there and pose her will. And there's a lot of hype around her and, and she tried to do so much. Like here, she was fighting she tried so, to do so much. dumb, fast, yes. fast and dumb, fast and dumb. Because even when she was in the guard, not landing good shots, she was just throwing and throwing and throwing, and nothing was landing. You're just wasting your energy, and your opponent's going, "All right, I can't. Maybe I maybe hit a little bit here, graze a little bit here." But everyone knows that you can't. You can't maintain that that type of pace for a very long time. No one can. So no anybody one. that you're fighting is like. Okay, this is I'll be okay in about two. Let minutes. me just yeah. let me just just survive the storm. And if I was if when I if I was Dobson, Dobson didn't see it, I don't think. But when the round ended, uh, Agapova was in her guard in Dobson's guard, and when the round ended, Dobson like kind of rolled backwards and got up. But I don't think she looked over. But Agapova just went to her hands and knees. Yep. And she labored. Stayed there. She yep. stayed there for a second or two, but she labored to get up. It's like one leg came up. Then she used her elbow and arm to push herself up to get back to two feet. And then when she stood up, she kind of wobbled. And I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good. She better recover real fast. And it didn't. It didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. Nope. In the beginning of the second round, she came out and got, she got hit with some good shots. And the rest of the fight was over after that. Uh, Dobson, I thought, looked amazing in terms of she took – she well, she she took the grunt the the grunt of the shots. She yep. she landed some clean shots coming out in the second. She knew that she was tired after she had landed those clean shots, and she just kept putting the pressure, putting the pressure. She I guess apparently had trained at elevation, which makes complete sense, yep. but which kind of concerns me a little bit. Who the hell is Agapova's coaches at ATT? She trains. Know. She trains at elevation. You know she's gonna have good conditioning. Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you yeah, go but, out there and just try and stick and move, stick and move, but, touch her but up? But you know that her coaches did not tell her, I want you to go out there and go just ape shit crazy. Yeah, that was just stupid. That's man. not what they did. And, and so obviously, oh, they should have been. Relax, slow yeah. down, take your time. Pick and choose your but, shots. Yeah, yeah, but hey, sometimes you need these moments because it all comes down. Yeah, it's a loss, but it's a learning experience. Yeah. And I don't think she'll ever make that same mistake again because she, this is where you got to, you know, you get into fighters. mind. There's times when fighters will come out and will just 
put it all out on the line in the first two minutes of the fight because they took the fight last minute and they know I've only got this much gas. And if I can't get rid of my opponent in the first little bit of this, I'm going to run out of gas and I'm going to end up losing. So they'll, they'll go for it. All right. That's one way of them trying to actually win the fight because they're saying, if I try to fight this and I let this thing go long, I know I'm going to run out of gas and it's not going to be good. So they try to get rid of their opponent fast. That should have never have been her position because she knew about the fight. So she had to be training for it. And she's a young fighter, 23 years of age. There's a lot to learn. You know, you don't know what you don't know until you know. But why would you call her out? That's my thing. Like, why would you well, call did her she, out? Did she call? I don't know if she called No, they Dobson showed the replay out. of her calling Dobson out after her last fight. She said, Shayna Dobson, you've been dodging me, da 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 She's like, I'd like to get that. Basically, I'm like, that's not going to look out. good. To like, if, if you're a promoter, <laughs> you're calling people. I get it. Maybe you thought it was a rise and, you know, and like, hey, you thought you could beat her. But you can't call people out and they lose like that. Well, you can. She just yeah, did. She just but it's, did. Does, it, it. does not look good. Does not look good. <laughs> does not look good. And I and the hype train's gone now. Oh, it's, it's done. Yeah, because you know? her last fight, a, I, I came in here like, damn, oh, did you yeah. see that girl? She I was looked like, great, Shit. man. Yeah, yeah, she was all over it. You know, she poor Hannah, and she had her hands full, and she couldn't, she couldn't breathe. But this time, completely different. And but I, I always look at it. You know, she's young. And she's got a long career. And as long as you learn from those mistakes and you go, I'm never going to do that again. Let me be yeah. smart. Then it was worth it. Well, she had the length and the reach and everything on her. I don't understand why she didn't just stick and move. And she's a better, apparently she's a better boxer. She's got yeah. that, that that reach. I was like, man, you should have just kept doing that stick and move, stick and move. And the, the opening will eventually come. That's you, it. You just can't, you can't go looking for it. It'll happen. Let the fight progress in front of you. And just utilize all the the tools that you have. She didn't have that. She didn't. She didn't even but try. It, she has it. She just didn't use it. I should say. But it takes it takes maturing as a fighter to know. You knew, you know, when you were fighting. Hey, you want to win every minute. Yeah. You want to win every exchange, but you know it's not going to happen. All right. There's going to be those minutes that you go, man. man I got to get it back together, and you're just not going to win it. But yeah. it's not about winning every every minute or every exchange. It's about winning the majority of the minutes, winning the majority of the exchanges. That's what you're always looking towards because you know there's going to be moments when your opponent hits you with a good shot, and you need to you need time to back off, and you need to do smart things, and that comes with maturity because everyone's got it in their mind. Tell me when you were young as a fighter. When you got hit, did it not piss you off and you wanted to immediately go forward and punch your opponent to, to return the favor? No, it didn't piss me off, but you're, I did want to immediately go back and t let them know it didn't hurt me. So I was like, okay, That's look, exactly you, hit me, you hit me with your best shot. I'm going to show you I'm that it didn't show you hurt me. Yeah. Yep, okay, right away. When it doesn't matter if it's right away. Yeah. It just matters that I'm going to hit you back. Yeah. You know, and, and that just comes with maturity as a fighter and understanding, hey, I don't have to win every second of this. I just have to win the majorities. That's just a mental so. warfare that I think not only for yourself, but you're trying to put your opponent in a position to think like, okay, well, I just hit him with a fucking really hard shot. Oh, it didn't do anything. When you when you hit your opponent with your best shot, he goes, yeah. and it's, you know, it's like no reaction. You go, son of a bitch. Yep. I got it. And and, the, and again, in that position, you as the fighter just got to say, just got to do it again. Just got to do it again. Just got to yeah. do it again. You know, and it's tough, but you, that is something you learn. You know, and it it. 
usually takes an experience like this for a fighter to realize, hey, I, I can't just run through people. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. It's not going to nope. happen. Yep. Um, what else? Who else on that? Interesting, card? though. Pull up this card. Well, I'll tell you what. My, uh, was it uh, Slow Rodriguez? God, he Jeez. looked good. Those That elbow he threw inside was clean, man. There was there was two. There was the you talk about. There was the one in the um, in the preliminaries, uh, the Beverly Hills Ninja. Okay. That was the tie. You, you talk about a you know a guy with a good tie plum, uh -huh. you know, and a guy that does not know how to get out of that tie plum correctly in that situation because he grabbed that tie plum and and Ivan did not know. I, I, just as I was watching, I was I was almost watching like Anderson Silva against Rich Franklin again. A guy who thinks he can get out of a tie plum one way, and when yeah. it doesn't work, then he doesn't have plan B or another way to get out. And he took some big knees inside that kid. The kid opened up with a spinning wheel kick and actually hit him with it. It was like, well, that's nice. Are you talking about the prelim? Yeah, yeah prelim. I, fight. Isaac, Villanueva. Isaac Villanueva. Yeah, Isaac and Villanueva. Jordan Wright. That was Jordan. And Jordan Wright. He's the, he's the Beverly Hills ninja. <laughs> I wonder if he's from Beverly Hills. That kid's good. Well, he's from you know California. There, he's he's training with uh, Anthony Hardunk and Vladdy uh, Matyashenko as his coaches oh, yeah, and stuff. Vlad. So old school, Vlad. Yeah. old school, Vladdy. Jesus man. Yeah. Um, but you were talking about um, not was it Rodriguez? No, it yes. Was, uh, yeah, that was the co-main. Yeah, he is long, lanky, and I'm gonna make a comparison to John Jones, but yeah, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not gonna say. That he's going to be a John Jones. No, but he's got a similar build. He's got a little bit similar yeah. build. I mean, John's obviously a little bit more muscular and ha looks yeah. the part a little bit more. Yeah. But um, the style kind of reminds me a little bit. Like, he did some stuff that was like, oh, wow, the flunt, the jumping knee, the tight elbow quarters that obviously had some good effects. I mean, that where he clinched and was able to pull him down into the knees. And nicely again, nice, done. Nicely done. Yeah, and I was like. And then the way that, you know, because he kept the single collar and brought that elbow through, that elbow blasted him. yeah and then the shots that he landed on the ground and mike rodriguez looked good yeah he you, looked know, you really talk good. about you talk about giving an opportunity to uh come out and make a statement dude he made it because marcin is a good tough fighter he's you know he's got a lot of good wins and can you scroll up a little bit on the other guy on mike rodriguez yeah you go, yeah i'm looking at mike rodriguez i want to see he had a no contest, and he lost to Da Ung Jung, Da Ung Jung, da Ung, in North Korea. <laughs> in North Korea, Sorry, South Korea. South Korea. <laughs> did I say North Jeez. Korea. You did. In South yeah, Korea, he was, he was fighting Kim Jong Un. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Devin Clark. Oh, he lost to Devin. Interesting. He's good, man. He's yeah, good. He looked really good. He looked phenomenal. I thought everything about him looked good. You know, he's got a – I think he kind of was letting the fight progress in front of him, settle into the fight and stuff, but he's got to be careful because Marcin was throwing some heat, and he took yeah. one or two decent shots in there. I mean, against guys – But he took him well. Yeah, he did. Took him well. He did. But then uh, you could see he was like, okay, now it's time for me to get into my groove. Flying knee came up. Then he got into the clinch, a couple knees, a couple elbows. Then the elbows that finished it all off is pretty impressive. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought he looked really good. The kid that really impressed me though was go back to the card. Is the fight right before that? The kid that looked like he was real proper looking. Yeah, Joe Selecki. 
Oh, Joe Salicki. Well, he trains with uh, John Salter. He, I know, I heard John that, Salter yeah. is his coach. He looked phenomenal. His stand-up Dude, looked he good. Looked, he, everything looked clean. Nothing. He's looked good in his last couple fights, man. Jeez. He's just, he's turned it on. He uh, is Matt. You take Wyman, a look. Matt Wyman still fighting. That was his. That was his. Yeah, that was his return fight. Uh, Joe Salicki fought Matt Wyman and just yeah pounded him. I mean, he's, he's sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was that caught me way off guard. I was like, "Holy shit, is he's still fighting." <laughs> Anyways, um, but no, he looked phenomenal. He's his, like they were talking. Dom was talking. His hands were glued to his oh, chin, nice not, and tight, not, and straight shots. Not, a, not a whole he, lot of wasted movement. And the whole thing, what he did when he had the back and he's got the you know figure four and the way he's holding the figure four, he he's putting a lot of pressure pressure on austin hubbard to hold that weight correctly so i mean everyone thinks that well salicki's leg is going to go dead well it can but austin hubbard's got to carry that weight and it's not it it's not like carrying a weight that's just across your back and it's mm. steady it's moving all the time because mm. he's moving and so you're always having to adjust that movement but it was what he did with his arms up top and the way that he set up the choke he just took his time he was very meticulous and just not trying to sit there and squeeze when he didn't have anything. He just kept moving his arms through, just basically trying to disguise which arm he was going to try to attack with. And then when the opportunity came and Hubbard lost control of the one, he slips it through, boom, locks in, just starts squeezing down nice. Yeah. Didn't go crazy. Nice, even squeeze, getting tighter and tighter. And it's the tap. It was just a, you, you look at a guy and you go, yep. I understand why he trains with John Salter because he's obviously learning how to do things right because he looked a lot like Salter when he got the back. Yeah, he looked really good. I was very impressed. I was impressed with his stand-up. He was winning the stand-up exchanges. He didn't, there was no wasted movement. He went punch, punch, right down the pipe, straight punches. He looked clean. Like I was like, Yeah, wow, his this... stand-up looks better than Salter's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not saying that much. comes from Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> I like Salter as a fighter, but let's be oh, so do I. Yeah, he's his great. Stand-up is no. Um, no, but I mean, uh, Selecki looked great. I thought he looked phenomenal. Uh, he's gonna have a kid in three weeks. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> but uh, everything he did was was proper. But with Hubbard, I gotta just tell you, I gotta tell us to every fighter, defending a submission, defending from the back, standing is dumb, crazy, it's just stupid. Just fall down and defend one well, side. Like fall down with your face up. No, I would say like fall. I okay. normally I would normally say like yeah, go to one I, side I or the other. Yeah, go fall to one side or the other. But I would pick a side that the side they have the underhook side. I would pick that well, side I, I, to fall. Whatever on. the side, the side that he's got that figure four to also. If well, he's got the figure sometimes four towards your though. right side, what's that? Yeah, sometimes they're opposite though. So like what, he was trying to choke on the right, but his lock was on the left, or yeah. or vice versa. Yeah, whatever. He was trying during moments of that exchange. Yeah. Yep. But I understand that. But for me. It's look the way I look at the back escapes is if you're going to stand, you're going to stand and try and defend. Okay. Do me a favor. Go look up some of Gilbert Melendez's his fight. He calls the, he calls the hula hoop and he teaches you how to get out of that figure four by standing. And he drags the knee around and puts the person in front of them and just slams them or gets them a little bit to the side. So the choke is not there anymore. And he clears his arm to come behind them. So then they end up in your guard and he can slam you and then he can do some damage and work and he'll slam you yep. against the fence. If you guys are going to do things like that, or if that presents ever presents an opportunity for you to do that, take a look at what Gilbert Melendez does, because he's been doing that for years, and no one's ever really learned how to stop it. 
So he's pretty good at getting to that position. Um, the other thing is for me, if you're going to do that, if I was, if that was me, is I would fall to the whatever side they have. Like normally they call it the seatbelt, right? So they have one yeah. arm over, which that's the choking yep. side. That's the one that could choke yeah. me. I don't yeah, fall don't to, that to that side. Don't fall no, to that side. Go to the opposite. The See, side that's where that comes, people make mistakes. Yeah. They think this is that arm that's going to be the one that's going to come across your neck. And that's the one that I want to know. No. Opposite side. Yeah. So then fall to that side. But then also, too, the next thing is the common mistake is for people that want to do, they want to make a, a splash to the audience or to whoever is there. They throw themselves the back. Yeah. They jump and throw themselves back. But your natural reaction, whether you think it's not happening or not, is your your chin raises. And that makes it easier for them to catch the submission as you hit or land or as you're in the air. So those are things you shouldn't do. But I would pick the side that has the underhook side and I would just fall to that side. And just defend that one side. It's easier for you to get out. You're only worried about one side. When he's on your back, you have to defend the right side, the left side. You have to defend him pushing your head down. You have to defend him pulling you backwards. Hubbard did a good job of keeping, uh, what's his name, Selecki's back to the fence for a while. But then Selecki was able to kind of use his elbows and other things like that to push him so his back wasn't against the fence anymore, which was smart. But if you don't, if you're not using the fence to keep your base, then you're like you said, you're carrying the guy's weight and he's moving around. When he's moving around, you're using a lot of energy. It's a ton yep. of energy. Don't get me wrong, it's a lot of energy for Selecky to stay up there. Both. But it's a ton it's of a energy, energy for you to carry somebody else. It just is. So those are just my tips, you know, my advice to these young fighters or other fighters that potentially may happen is go look up Gilbert's videos about how he does the hula hoop, how he gets people off his back from standing. Good advice. And then on top of that is pick a side, man fall down to the side they have the underhook side and then the side they can't choke you on and start defending that way it's a lot better you know you're also you're also a lot more familiar with defending the submission from the ground because that's normally when you train that's what happens you're very often not very often do you stand up in the gym and train defending the submission from the back because a lot of guys don't do that in the gym like you know you, you start touching hands on the ground you start grappling on the ground you guys don't really start on the feet you don't Occasionally it happens in sparring, but it's not going to happen all the time. You're not as good as defending the submission standing up as you are on the ground. So just my advice for all you young guys. Good advice. Guys, you know? Well, thank you. Thank you very much. That's good advice. It really is. Well, you don't think about it, but you do. I mean, every time you're in, you know, jujitsu practice or grappling, whatever you're going to have at your gym, you figure you're always on the ground defending the chokes. But how often are you working at defending a choke from a standing position? Not very often. I want you guys to hear that. John John said good advice. So you guys remember that when you guys are clicking the buy button for that t-shirt. Okay. Okay. Blue t-shirt. Blue t-shirt. You hit my okay, blue there you go. There, there you go. go. Don't buy the red one. Buy the blue one. Just letting you guys know. Okay. Whatever. Or you can go neutral. You can buy the black. Like John's got the black one. I actually kind of like that one. Black one's good. I like that one. Something about black. I don't know. <laughs> so that to me was the fight that really impressed me tonight because he looked so clean. He made it look so easy. And Hubbard, it look easy. And Hubbard's tough, but it was like I just I thought he looked really good the, from beginning. Well, Hubbard's to the end. kid that had the fight where uh what was it? Uh what was it? I can't, I can't say his name right. Max Roshkoff. Yeah, really had the Roshkoff where he quit, you know, ended up quitting on the stool. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that was the that controversy. Was, uh, Ar- Robert Drysdale. Drysdale's Van Arsdale. Yeah. Drysdale's uh, yeah. guy, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff yeah, though, that's, man. That's where he got his win. So yeah, he he just couldn't get it going. He couldn't get it. Nope. There was never a moment where he was in that fight at all. No, nah, I didn't think so either. You know, they were saying, "Oh, he's looking good." I'm thinking, "No, no, no." He's 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 a second behind here. Yeah. So, but yeah. let, let's talk about Frankie Edgar. Let's let's do it. Let's do it, dude. 
that was a fantastic fight by both guys. Yes. Each round was really close. So, you know, I don't care how someone judged. I don't think round three was close. I don't think round three was close. I don't think round two was close. Frankie won that round. Round two was Frankie Edgar. Yeah. That was a good round. He landed some really good shots in that one. And that I thought, okay, the so then was... we both agree that round two was Frankie's and round three was yeah. Pedro's. Yep. Dominantly, for sure. Yes. Got it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, but, I mean, the first round, mm-hmm. you can look at volume, I think, by Edgar, even though if you look at their punch stats, it didn't show it. But Frankie was touching him with combinations. One, two, three. It was really yeah. nice. But Pedro was that low calf kick. Yeah. You could see it right off the start. It started to have an effect. And he was landing the heavier blows overall. So it's one of those rounds where, what are you going to give credit to? The fifth round, I thought was Frankie's. I thought that Frankie landed a a volume that was effective. It was the effectiveness of his shots where Pedro landed shots at times, but the effect that I saw from Frankie's was just better. The one thing that really, you know, I was really concerned with and not sure how would the speed factor of Frankie Edgar transfer going down into that bantamweight division. And because I know Pedro is fast and I think that they were even in speed. I thought Frankie was just as fast. I thought Frankie was faster. And the reason why I think he was faster is. If you wow. You at, thought he was fast. I thought he was faster than Pedro. The reason why there's a couple of reasons why Pedro was loading up for the first half yeah, of the fight. No doubt. about So that it. makes you, it made Frankie faster. And then in the beginning portion of the fight, the reason why Frankie was faster is Frankie wasn't really throwing punches as he was stepping in. He was just making the noise. And so Pedro, it's true, Pedro, yeah. <laughs> Pedro, what he would do, he thought the punches were coming and they never came. He would just cover up and back up. So anytime you fight someone that's a little bit faster than you and gets you flinching, it makes you faster also. So he was able to land shots. And Pedro knew, like, and I'm going to give Dom some credit here. Pedro knew that the punches weren't really going to hurt him all that. They weren't that hard. That It was like no. two and three. And he's like, okay, look, I'm just going to start taking them and then try and counter right away and land the big shot. But his corner and coaches told him at the end of the second, I think it was, is that you're loading up. Stop loading up. And he stopped loading up. And then third and fourth, he had he had some good rounds. Yeah. So um, I thought that at the leg kicks – he he got away from the leg kicks altogether in the second round because of the takedowns, though. And Frankie got away from the takedowns in the third round, and he got back on him a little bit on the fourth, and he threatened one, I think, in the fifth and got one, but then he, Pedro sh- jumped yeah, right back right up. Out. Yeah, he jumped right back up. I thought um, you and I were texting back and forth throughout the fight. I gave Frankie the first. It was close, but I gave Frankie the first. I gave Frankie the second. And I had, a, I had Pedro win in the, the third and the fourth. And then I had Frankie win in the fifth. I I, I had texted you. I said it was two two going into the thing. You're like, no no no, it's going to be. And I was like, okay I, okay. I I had it Pedro winning the first. That was the difference. That yeah, we had. that was the difference. Yep. Yeah. So I just want to remind people that I was right. So that was. <laughs> uh, I don't know it if you're right. Such but I, I was such a close I, fight. I, I was glad that Frankie won, but it's a good fight. It was it, such it, a, close a close fight. I thought I thought what way. solidified Frankie the fifth round was that big right hand that he landed. It went straight down the pipe, and then Dom even was talking about how it kind of looked like it rocked him or sat him back in his seat a little bit. I wouldn't say it rocked him, but it yeah. stopped him in his tracks and made him sit back a little bit. And then, because he was landing already a lot of the cleaner shots in the round, then he landed that one, and that sat Pedro back, and it's like, okay. So he's landing the the the, the harder shot as well now here in the fifth. 
I think that's what won in the round, to be honest. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the scorecards right now because Dave put them up on the screen here. Mm -hmm. Second round, every judge went with Frankie Edgar. First round, two of the judges went with Pedro Munoz. Wow. One judge went with Frankie Edgar. Second round, all the judges went with Frankie, which they should have. Third round was not all for Pedro Munoz. You had two of the judges giving Pedro the third round. One giving it to Frankie. Wow. Fourth round, all the judges went with Pedro Munoz, which they should have. Yep. And then fifth round, you had two of the judges going with Frankie and one of the judges going with Pedro. Interesting. So they were only locked in on two rounds. Wow. Second and fourth. But, I, th you know, we talked about it. I thought the third round was definitely... Pedro. I thought it was, I thought the third round was Pedro's also. I thought the fourth was could have been a toss, but they gave that one all to Pedro. So, yeah, I had it 2-2 going into the fifth, and then I thought Frankie won the fifth. So, good exchanges, but here's the thing. it's You're going to always deal with that that type of scenario with Frankie. He's been doing been that way his whole life, his whole career, it, outside of the Chad Mendes fight. I mean, with the BJ Penn fights, he'd step in, touch you, and bounce out. You know, he's done it to a lot of guys. He, would, the only guy I think really he had a hard time doing that with was Jose Aldo, because of the kicks, and just the speed factor seemed like it wasn't that big of a speed factor. Um, the kicks and the knees had a big difference in that as well. Um, what else? Who else? I mean, Max was just so long he could never get in. Yeah, uh, you know, his problem was getting inside. This is the first time I think he's ever fought that I've seen where he's he had. An actual reach advantage. I was <laughs> like, true. damn, Frankie Edgar's got a reach advantage. That's it's pretty true. good, man. That's it's crazy. True. But I love the pressure that Pedro, Pedro was very smart in creating that pressure that he was, yeah. for the most part of the fight, he continued on with it. And he did a good job of cutting Frankie off from his movement and forcing him at times trying to set up his right hand. He did yeah. a good job with that. You know, and Frankie a couple times, you know, he realized uh, you're forcing me over there, and he tried to you know get himself back, and he, you know, kind of looked a little odd going against the cage, trying to get out of the way of yeah. going to that side. So, but just a fantastic performance by both guys. I mean, I, I hate to see anyone lose. Yeah, in that type of fight, and it was a split decision. It should have been. It's understandable that the judges were split on that, and it was just a great, great fight. Well, there by was both guys. I'd love to see it again. There was moments there I would like to see it again as well. Later on down the road, though. Frankie. Yeah, I know Frankie doesn't want to because yeah, yeah. his leg's feeling good. And oh. you know Pedro. You know, I think Pedro, his leg's going to be hurting tomorrow because Frankie checked a lot of those. Yeah. He ate he ate a lot of them, but he checked a lot of them, too. So it's going to be a – they're both going to be sore tomorrow, man. <laughs> Gosh, man. We were talking about, like, oh, I'm going to do it again. I'm like, nah. Because <laughs> you guys don't – people at home don't seem to understand – what you oh, see, ice is your best friend, baby. Yeah, when you leave, when you leave, like the energy level is there. They get a drink in them or two, and they're walking around that night. But when they wake up in the morning, oh, it's a car crash. It's just, it's you feel you feel like you're not you. You can't decide whether you've been in a car crash or if you're drunk. You're extremely <laughs> drunk because you're trying to drink the pain away then that night because it hurts so bad. I mean, I don't even, I can't even explain it, man. I said with the the second Gill fight. I had to sleep with a neck roll pillow sitting up on my couch because I couldn't put my head down because I had lumps all over my head. There were so many lumps for three days straight. I had to sit sleeping up in my couch with a neck roll pillow. Yeah. And, that, and I put pillows all around me so I didn't fall left and right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I slept sitting up like that. It was horrible yeah. for three nights. 
Yeah, it was miserable. So the I that's a good life. Oh, it's a good life. <laughs> just disgusting. <laughs> it's just uh, just disgusting. Oh, what was that? Dave, Dave was putting up the, the UFC I, announced a big fight with Amanda Nunez against Megan Anderson. I'm sorry, that's yeah, not a big. It's fight. not a big fight. And then Dan not at all. Jack Hermanson. And then, oh, that's a good fight though. Hermanson and yeah. uh, Darren Till. And Darren Till. That should be. A that's good a fight. good fight. Hermanson's tough. Dude, he's crazy good. He's so good. He's awkward. He's, he's so, so awkward, dude. Yeah, interesting. Dude, he's good. He's tough. Just trying to hold up some news for when you're done with Bellator, so you got. Uh, well, no, we can talk. More. Why don't we talk about some of the UFC news now? Okay. But do you want to uh, talk yeah, about yeah, all the news talking. at the end? Do you want to do the the news at the end? Yeah, I've got this Dominic Reyes um, upset about only having six weeks for the title shot. Okay, that's stupid. I love Dom, but you got a title shot. Don't complain, dude. If you're already bitching and you're not even the fucking champion, shut up. Like that, you're just making yeah, the pro- you. you're making the promotion go. All right, what do we? Oh, maybe I'll put into? somebody else there. Yep. Yeah. Come on, man. You, you're getting a title shot. Six weeks is enough time. Yeah. I'm not saying it's perfect. No. But it's definitely enough. That's plenty and, of time. I yes. mean, have you been you training? Are be, you fat yeah, exactly. out of shape? Well, what have you been doing? Point. Have you been running? What if you, like, you are a professional and you have been doing what you should be doing, you're in semi decent shape right now. So you use that six weeks to hone things, to look at tape, to figure out a game plan and start to figure out how to implement what you're going to do. Hit those points. You're in shape. You're ready to go. Majority of fighters' careers, especially, I don't know, how old is Dom? 28, 28, 29. Anyways, so however old he is, at that stage in your career, like you should be training all the time. That's one. Two is it doesn't take you long to get back in shape. So even if you're not really training all the time and you're still whatever gallivanting around, okay, like it should only take you a certain amount of time to get back in shape. It doesn't take you long. He's 30. So that's perfect. You're in your prime. Shouldn't take you long. The other thing is at that stage, your camps really shouldn't be any longer than six, seven weeks maybe. You know, like that's kind of the push. Like you have two weeks of like kind of easing yourself in and then you have a six-week camp. So, okay, you don't have the – your opponent has the same amount of time. I would understand if, like, his opponent knew four weeks ago, but he didn't. No one knew because John was still the champion. Well, it's also – yeah, and let, let's let's give uh, Dom the benefit of the doubt. It's a news story, so it might be that he didn't actually say it that way, but the media put it out that way. He literally so. said, come on, bro. He said, it's a championship fight, and you're going to give me six weeks' notice uh, on a, on a co-main. Come on, bro. That's a quote. He's like, it takes time to prepare, man. I want to get out there and get uh, and freaking put on a hell of a show for the fans. I want to do some dope shit. I want to sleep him, choke him out, whatever. I want to get an astonishing finish, and that takes film study. It takes time. It takes a little bit more than six weeks. You got plenty of time for film study. Film study is like <laughs> <Sorry>. 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not like, here's the problem. Film study. What do you mean film study? Like, you see these guys fight all the time, especially the ones in your weight bracket. Well, you should have been. You know, so you should know this guy. Like, and even if you don't, how much film are you going to watch? Yeah, it's not you like know, if, it's not if like you watch, if, if you watch two hours of film a day, that's that's a ton. Yeah, that's yeah. There's no way he's doing that. No. Um, he must have been out just getting after it, and he's uh, getting a little might nervous be it. now. He's yeah. getting a little nervous now. Um, here here's the other thing too. Hey, buddy, we can give it to someone else. Exactly, that's <laughs> so, the whole thing. Man. Never ever complain when they give you a title shot. What are you yeah, doing? Already. Jeez. Jeez. 
Oh, anyways. <laughs> and the Megan Anderson. Did Megan win her last fight? Are we at that stage uh, now where Amanda's, yeah, I think Amanda's she, I got think a fight? Yeah, I think she did. She did win her 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 last fight, I believe. Where but where Amanda's fighting people that haven't won on well, not coming off of a win. Oh, she did. she won her last two. She won her last two. Okay, okay. She, won her she last lost two. Felicia Spencer. That's right. Yeah, that's how. But yeah, it's been a while. But who did she beat? Take a look. I uh, Zara Fon Dos Santos and Norma Demont Viana. All first round finishes. Yeah. What 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 are their records? No, I don't know. Yeah. Let's click on these. You're you're not talking about you could just click the name. Quality of opponents. I'll just let you know because they seem a little slow these days. Six and four. What's the next one? Oh yeah, that's woo. Six and four. Hey. World beater. What's her name that fought tonight? Um against uh Agapova. Uh, Agapova. She, she was three she and was, four. She was three and four. Three and four. Yeah. Dawson. Oh, this girl's four and one. It's not bad. Four and one. I know. I, I get it. I Come on. How I young? It. I get uh, it. Yeah, you're going to sit there and that's what your stepping stone is mm-hmm. for going against possibly the best female fighter in the world. Yeah. Okay. No. Sorry. You're not. She, and I like Megan. It's just that I look and go, yeah. it's not a fight where I look and go, she's got a chance. Yeah, she's got it. You know, everyone's got a puncher's chance going in. Anything can happen, but she is not going to beat Amanda Nunes. She's just not going to do it outside of a. Flick. And I so so if I know the fight going in, what do I care? Yeah, so it's not that's a big the fight. problem. So if Amanda, the only way I see it. <laughs> that's a pay per view. Oh is wow! Why, really? That that yeah, that's December. my point. Is why this is they're putting this on a pay per view, and it's like. You want people to pay money for a fight that they they know the result before it happens? Wow, it's not the one you know. It's it's the Frankie Edgar's versus Pedro Munoz. Yeah, that, that you go, man. Either person can win that fight. That's going to be a great fight. That's a tough fight. That's what you're looking for. Now, yeah. their problem is, I don't think they have anybody that they can put against Amanda Nunes where they can have that situation. So, you know. Uh, good on Amanda for being that good, and I'm sorry to the UFC if they have that problem. But yeah, you know, putting well, they they better put another uh, uh, another fight ahead of that one uh, for the the main event because well, wouldn't the main event be? Uh, or no, that's not the main event. That's uh, Dom and them said they're they're the co-main, correct? That's what I'm saying. Mm, interesting. I would I would have thought they would have maybe had her fight Holly Holm again. Holly's getting up up in age, yeah. like you got to get it. You got to get it in there though at some point, you know. They got Holly. Holly's fighting coming up. Who's she fighting? Got a fight. Um, up here. Uh, Brazilian girl. I can't think of her name. Uh, I just saw it. It's uh, Aldana. Aldana. Thank gotcha. you. Good stuff. Yeah. Um. Okay, so that's kind of the updates on the the fight cards. Oh, Smith and uh, what's his name? Go back down. And racket, Smith and Rizzo, Rack, racket, 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 racket. Yeah, and then you yeah. have Adesanya. That's a good fight. Smith, a, Smith good. and racket is good. That's a good fight. That's a good fight. And then you know Costa against freaking Israel. Oh, that's gonna be a fucking holy but Jesus! Now that's the one you go. Someone's always gotta go. It's gonna be fucking crazy. <laughs> this is a card. The the Adesanya Costa is the card that I think. I want to say that's the one that Dominic raises is a, is a coming. 
title one on, but oh really? I actually thought they were a sooner date. Oh no, it is that one. It is that one. Oh, it is. Yeah, the co-main on no, this that... one. Hold on. The, isn't the isn't the Adesanya versus Costa fight in September? End of September. Yeah, yeah September twenty sixth. Yeah. So okay. Reyes and Blackwitz is the co-main to that card to that fight. Okay. That yeah, I was just confirming September that. twenty. He's just confirming that that's the. Okay. So then, where's where's Amanda Nunez? Where's that? When's that fight taking December. place? December. December. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's way off. Yeah, they're gonna have to have they're gonna have to have someone else on there. Yes. They'll see where the chips fall, and maybe who someone comes away. Uh, if one of these champs comes away with unscathed, then they'll try and throw that into the main event. I can't imagine uh-huh. them having them be the main event. Khabib versus George St. Pierre. <laughs> yeah, that won't happen that early. But did you see GSP's picture of him working out? Yes, I Good did. God, he looks lean and he looks amazing. This is insane. I can't. I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest. <laughs> but I love when he posts pictures like that because it keeps the talking going. It keeps, it, oh, you know. He's been so smart about what he's doing, man. Oh, he is. He's you got to look and go, way to go, brother. Brilliant, brilliant. He, he just he keeps on staying out there. Fucking savage. Yep. Yeah. That guy's a savage, man. His face, his face looks skinnier in the picture on the bottom left in the white shirt. <clears throat> you know, he just looks like a smaller. He's probably walking around. I'd say probably like 70. One, 172. Yeah, 70, 72, somewhere in there, right? Yeah. He looks lean, man. He looks good. What is he, 40, yeah. 40 years old? He will be 40. 39, I think. Yeah. Isn't he 39? Yep. <clears throat> and remember when I talked to you guys, uh, what, a week or two ago, I think two weeks ago on the show, I said, if you go back, I'd had I'd had GSP, or not GSP, I'd had uh, Khabib on my show a long time ago, and he had laid out a game plan of what it was, what, what he would like to, things to be. He was going to win the title, and after he won the title, he was going to fight like only two or three times defend his title and then he wanted to fight gsp and after fighting gsp he would retire but in that process he was waiting for islam makachev to make his way up well guess what he's fighting junior uh not junior but he's fighting uh justin uh, gage no 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 not no Khabib. no i'm talking, about, talking islam. about islam islam's fighting um dos Anjos. dos Anjos. yeah so he's fighting dos Anjos. so when he fights dos Anjos, that puts him right in that talk in the top six or eight now versus, you know, being number 15 or 14 or whatever he is, that puts him right in that conversation. So when they fight on that same card and then after that, you'll see Islam fight one more time, potentially get to the title. Who is Islam is 12 right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. They've got Islam behind some people. They should not have him behind. Yeah. Who's on that? Who's on the, who's on that list ahead of him? I think uh, Benil Darouche is right in front of him. Yeah, Ally Quinta, love out. He does not belong in front of Israel. I'm sorry, can't beat him. Kevin yeah. Lee isn't even fighting. So yeah, right now it's uh, I think Olivera's good. He Felder. I think he beats Felder. Yeah, I would say he beats Oliveira, but he does. Oliveira does post some nasty threats on the ground. And he's good on the feet he as does. well. He's just one of those guys you can never count him out because he can go anywhere the fight wants to go. Um, <clears throat> Size-wise, though, it's definitely going to go to Islam. So if they did fight, I think Islam could just muscle him around and smash him. You know, Got to be careful of submissions because yeah. if there's one thing that Oliveira is good, he's got to – you yeah. talk about – you know, there's just difference in the way guys apply submissions and yeah. how they set them up. For MMA, that Bronx is the shit. Yeah. He sets up submissions so well, so slick, so good. You know, 
his biggest problem is he tends to get tired in the fight. And once he yeah. gets tired, the wheels start coming off the cart. But man, when if you're dry and he's fresh, look out. Yeah. But him and Hooker, would be, I think, <clears throat> could be, or not could be, but Islam and uh, Hooker would be a good fight. That'd be another good fight I'd like to see. That would be a good fight. Where's, uh, what's his name? Oh, scroll oh, up. No, okay, that's what I was like, Dustin Poirier. I was like, where's Dustin? I didn't see him. He's got to be there. above. Yeah, he's up there. So, <clears throat> and then yeah. you might even be able to put Michael Chandler in that list. That'd be interesting. I'd like to see Islam against Michael. He was teasing um, Eddie Alvarez fight, so wasn't he? No, he was teasing a bunch of fights. He teased oh, Dustin Poirier. He, he teased Conor McGregor. Yeah, a bunch no. of different ones. Yeah, he was talking about a bunch of. Different but stuff. you know, look at you. You could put him in there, and it, it would it could be interesting if you if you're taking a look at the, their list of their their top lightweights. Yeah, if he came in, I could see them putting him against a Dan Hooker or a Paul Felder. Yeah, in that first fight right away, that would be the level. I don't think they'd go any lower than Paul Felder. That would be probably the lowest they would go on the list for if he if he signed who they would go with. So it could be one of those three, Felder, Oliveira, or Hooker, I would say. I don't think they would put Dustin Poirier against him right away. No. I think that would be like his second fight. No, I think, I think if he if he won. But it really comes down to the money. It's yeah. whatever he gets money. Wise. Well, if he gets big money. If he gets big money, gonna they're going to put big him boys. right up there and say, hey, they're going to say Tony Ferguson. They're going to say Dustin Poirier. They're going to say Gaethje. They're going to they're gonna get up in that conversation with those guys. I think stylistically he matches up well with um with Dustin Poirier. No knock on Dustin at all. Um, and I think he matches up well with Dan Hooker. Yes, he does. And, and Paul Felder. I agree. And Paul Felder. The guys in the Well, the, the the other guy that I think honestly he matches up with, Oliveira, Michael Chandler, that's a good matchup for him. Because you think so? of the fact, yes. And this is why. Michael has been caught in a ton of submissions. He's never been submitted. Yeah. He's tough when it comes to working his way through submissions. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't give in. If you put him in a, you know, he's been in like knee bars where I've seen his held. hyperextended. Yeah. Just keeps on working his way to get it and gets his way out. So not that I'm saying that Oliveira couldn't catch him in a yeah. submission. He could, but I think Chandler with his wrestling and his strength, is a bad matchup for Oliver. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, I don't think they're like. I think like there's that. There's those guys that that are predominantly stand up guys. Yeah, with not a huge submission threat. Those are the guys that that should be concerned. You know, um, I know Oliver, but Oliver is not a big fifty five no, pounder. He's because he could go. He go forty five. He's tall and skinny. Yeah, he's tall yeah. and skinny. He's just not a big forty five pounder. So size wise, strength wise, but it depends. If it is a main event, Oliveira's got a gas tank, and that guy will keep keep going in fourth and fifth. You know, I mean, I don't know if he has like the Benson Henderson type gas no, tank. He doesn't. You know what I mean? So yeah, but he's got a pretty good gas tank. Oh, Dustin proved he's got a good gas tank. Fucking Dan Hooker, Hooker is huge. Dan, yo, dude, did you see the video of him and uh, Israel Adesanya working out? And Hooker's like yeah. probably the same height Hooker or like a little shorter, size, almost the same size. I know, I know they're not the same size, but he looked it in the video. I was like, "Good no, heavens!" They they look very close. <laughs> Hooker's big, one hundred fifty five pounder man. Yeah, I don't know how he does it, but he's a good oh, fighter. He's fun. What I like, yeah. man. I love Tough guys like shit. that. 
I love guys like that, man. I love watching guys that fly, like, how has he got nine losses? Because he didn't do well in the beginning of his career. Oh, he lost to Barboza. He lost to Jason Jason Knight. Yeah. Remember Jason Knight? No, I remember Crazy him. Crazy Jason? Suffered no. shit. No, I remember him. I just, I'm like, wow, you lost to him. Yair. You know, you know, Maximo. Maximo. I was supposed to fight that guy like three or four times. Yeah. Crazy. These are that's crazy. Uh, I mean, it makes for interesting stuff. If if he's gonna go, if if Chandler does go to the UFC, which I don't think he will, I think he'll make a little trek over to um to one. I think that's where he ends up. I think there's the guys there. Not a lot of those guys have great wrestling. They have good stand up though, as as yes, Eddie they found, do. as Eddie found out. But you know they don't have really good grappling. They don't have really good wrestling. But they've they've got some great kickboxing. A lot of Muay Thai over there. A lot of good kickboxers over there. Big power too. Um, but, and then it sets up the Eddie fight, you know, and I know that they've got money to throw around for something like that. So I know Eddie's, I know Eddie's making a killing over there. Chandler would probably be right in line to try and do something like that over there as well. I just don't know if he wants to travel all the way from, from Nashville to Singapore. Well, I think it all comes down. What it will tell you is what is Michael interested in? Really? Yeah. Because if Michael goes to one, it's telling me it's all about the money and that's okay. I have that's no problem with that at all. No problem with that at all. And, I agree. You know, my hat's off to you. It's great. You're looking at taking care of your family, setting yourself up for the rest of your life. Great. Do it. If he goes to the UFC, it's going to be for less money. I'm just telling you. Yeah. And it's about ego. And that's okay. Because that's okay. You, you know, you're looking and saying, I've got to do this. I've got to prove who I am and what I believe I can do. I've been doing this over in Bellator for this long, and I know that I can do it here, and I'm going to prove it to you. It's my ego. Okay, great. That's all right, too. You know, but either way, it's going to say what is the most important thing for you. Money. That's my, that's my take. Money. Well, if it is, then I think you're right. I think he's going to go to one. I would say money. I think he'd be foolish if he went to the UFC. Just my personal opinion, you're going to take, you're going to take less money than Bellator was going to pay you. Oh, or, absolutely. Or maybe they're going to pay you the same. But I don't see the reason why you would go there. Then <laughs> I don't see the reason why. <laughs> you know, you can't. I would go to. I'd go to one. If I was him, I would go to one because the the Eddie fight is there. You're gonna get paid a fucking shitload of money to fight that fight again. And you know, and there's other guys there that you can out wrestle and you could probably out jujitsu for sure. And you can stand with them too. I wouldn't make a habit of it, depending on some of who some well, of them are. Not, that's not not a good game plan over there. You know, that's not a great game plan. Being a, being on the ground over there is a good thing. Yeah, and he's got good ground and pound. He's got vicious yeah. ground and pound. So I think it makes sense, man. I think it makes a lot of sense for him to go over there. But hey, whatever. Or, or I'm going to throw a little wrench in there. PFL, make a million dollars. Make a million dollars every time you fight, plus whatever it is that you pay, they pay you for your fight purse. It makes yeah. sense. Lance Palmer has talked about this. I don't know if he talked about it publicly, but he's mentioned it a couple of times to you and I. Why would I go somewhere else and make less money or make the same money? He's well, like, I think, I think we were also saying, why, why? are you going to go somewhere else? Because <laughs> we he, he had got the bug for a while, you know, my whole career, and then I'd never fought. About the ego. So, <clears throat> you know, but he's like, but hey, he's won, what, he's won two in a row now. It's a million dollars each. And plus the, you know, his fight purses. <sighs> ain't knocking that, but man. Doing well, continue no, on. Not knocking that. Hey, um, what's your guys' thoughts on uh, right now? I heard that New Japan Pro Wrestling and then AEW are doing. Um, they're starting to do like ten percent capacity fans. Um, 
AEW is doing it in Florida with an outdoor arena, and then New Japan is doing it in Japan and uh, an indoor arena, and then also WWE is <clears throat> now doing the. Have you seen the like the, the screens? The, the screens where there's yeah. fans escaping pretty much. Yeah. What's your uh, thoughts on like that coming in the MMA, or maybe like even trying to get that ten percent capacity and you know at Bellator? I don't know if Dana White's going to do that necessarily, but I just don't think it's worth the the hassle uh right now and the, also the liability is mainly the biggest thing is like why would i want to take the liability and the chance of having 10 percent of my fans uh, that's not going to make enough money for us to care you know and that's like i'm not for us but i mean for the promotion to take the chances of potentially someone saying hey i got covid there and i you know end up with lung damage and then whatever it is i mean it's just one of those things i don't think it's worth. i really don't think it's worth it i know it's maybe a chance to get back to normalcy john and i both um feel pretty I think we both feel a little strongly about like they, we're all sick of this. Everyone's sick of this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if if you're talking about the promotion itself, not just Bellator, but I'm talking about major corporations, don't uh, they're just like why take the risk until it's actually the government says okay, let's go ahead and do this. Then the risk is taken off of them. You know, yeah. for them not trying to push it. You know, Dana's can do that. He can get away with it because they've been doing it the way they've always been doing it, and they're owned by another company. You know, well, but also. Dana's making money when he, when he does a pay per view. He's getting good, you know. DC against Stipe did really did well. over you know over half a million uh, pay per view buys. Hey, that's money in the bank. That's a good thing. So they can continue on with what they're doing. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. it's not it's not as good as having no. you know a gate, and they're losing a lot of money when they don't have the gate. Bellator's losing money when they don't have the gate, but they're also getting that ESPN money, which is big, yeah. and they're getting the pay-per-view money. They can survive doing this. Their, their numbers are not going to be that bad for 2020. As far as the screens go, I know that we were the Bellator was we going to do that. that. They were they weren't even considering. They were really going to do it, but the problem yep. was the actual arena couldn't couldn't handle that amount of cables and systems to go up because you got to put up all those screens. So it just wasn't a feasible, a viable option for them to do it so it just we got into it there they were gonna do it they were gonna do exactly what what you see the wwe doing right here on the in this picture yep so that was gonna happen but it just it didn't it just didn't pan out for them to work it out um what was the other one you were talking about uh well oh 10 percent capacity. capacity yeah that doesn't no. make any sense yeah so i, I mean, do think it, i do think in some places you're gonna start to see you know you got to figure there are countries that that have not closed down ever yeah. You know, as far as the way that, you know, things have been done, like in the United States and Canada and things like that. So there are countries that have been open and you, you could see a show where, you know, instead of, you know, if it's a 20,000 seat arena, they sell 5,000 seats. Yeah. And, the and you know, they social distance within the arena and that's what you're seat is and that's where you can go and you've got to be in the seat that you have a ticket for mm -hmm. i could see that happening coming up somewhere in the fall you know talking about you know october november december possibly yeah i could see it starting to happen aw starting on wednesday that they're starting to do it that's wednesday yeah but you're talking that's in florida right mm -hmm. yeah, yeah so the florida the, the rates are a little bit higher but the deaths are way low mm -hmm. so they're they're willing to go ahead and take the chances i think they're um, the governor is has said like open it up to certain things. The, the but Florida is still a hot state, right? It's increasing in cases, or it's a slow, a gradual increase in cases. But they, I think the hospitals also aren't overwhelmed yeah, right now. Nationwide, we've been declining for they said like five days or two, I don't know, something like that. It's been a while for a couple of weeks now.
Um, but I, did I just say five days? Yeah. It's so it's been, yeah, it's, no, it's five days. Is I think a couple it's, weeks I think it's been two weeks. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot going on and not going on up there. Um, but Florida, cause one of our production guys works there or lives there in Florida. And he said that, yeah, sure. The cases have been rising cause people are out and about. He's like, but the deaths are also lower. So they're on a steady decline. So. Well, as of yesterday, Florida cases are on the way down. Oh, there you go. Cool. He, yeah, yeah. he was telling us Is the he- other day that it was, oh yeah, they're continuously going up. I'm like, all right. So if every, everything's kind of on the way down, but also too, we have, you need to take into consideration. We have a heat wave going through the U S right now. And so they've said already that the, the, the virus doesn't live very well in the heat. So it basically not existing at all. So if that's the case, this may all pucker back up, of course, right around election time. Uh, Thank you. But sometime around, you know, the end of September, October, when it starts getting a little bit colder, we may start seeing the cases increase again. So I don't know. I mean, and the, the WHO just came out and said also, too, we were talking about how vac- the vaccine won't who? be the WHO. Who? Yeah. Who? Who? Oh, sorry. They just came out bad, as well and joke. said that the vaccine, even if you do take the vaccine, that we'll still see a rise again probably sometime in the... In who the, the hell is going to take a vaccine? That knowing that it's not going to... They haven't even fucking on. tested, really. Come if on. you take this vaccine, you're a fucking moron. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, come on. So... um, Take this right. vaccine. Oh, nothing will happen to you. So let's... let's start uh, let's start getting a third arm growing out your forehead. <laughs> Uh, let's get into Bellator, man. I mean, I gotta tell you, fucking the the prelim fights were fucking so good. Fire, the whole card was good. I mean, I gotta. T- I mean, the, the prelims were fucking fire from the very first fight to the fucking last fight on the prelims. Every single one of them was just money, just money. I can't. I couldn't tell you. Rich Rich Chow and Mike Kogan, they did a phenomenal job of matchmaking this. And Boy, there were some good ones in there. Oh, they were just, they were just, if you guys like, I I actually text Rich today and I said, these are hands down the best fights that we've ever had in this organization as far as the prelims cars. But just technically, if you go back and watch, there was so much technique used on from everybody. I was Go to that Chris Gonzalez-Tokov fight. Man, it was so You talk about a battle. Yeah. Those guys were going after each other. And Tokov taking down a guy that was a, a national team wrestler, just, taking him down multiple times. Yeah, but then yeah. Gonzalez hopping, popping right oh, back absolutely. up. Absolutely, Chris Gonzalez looks yeah. so good. I was saying during the broadcast, man, he's 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 running at a fast rate. He's burning a lot of energy. Yeah. He never slowed down. So he looked good. good throughout that fight, man. He was he was working hard, but man, that was a good fight. Yeah, that was an was amazing outstanding. fight. The very first fight, we'll go back to the, the card. Lucas Brennan. Yeah, it was a great fight as well. He's young, 20 years old, Chris Brennan's son. Uh, you know, yeah. and I, I was supposed to fight Chris several times. We never did fight, but this was back in the old King of the Cage days and uh, yeah. fighting in an Indian reservation somewhere, you know, and you had to drive yourself there and figure it all out. Kid's young, he's talented, he's got to work on his stand-up, and, his, yep. you know, they know that, though, and they're working yeah. on it. His wrestling's pretty good. It's his not wrestling's great. good, and his jiu-jitsu is, his wrestling's good. It's good, at it's least, not great. At least, when, not, and we're not saying great, but when he takes a shot, he does all the right things yep. as far as turning the corners on guys and, and staging multiple attacks together, yep. so as the guy's starting to block the first one, he's already going into the second, so he's got that down, And when he's but when he's on top, Oh, he's good. His ground game, he's good. Yeah, he's he does he like you were talking about the handcuff uh, on the broadcast. Did a very good job of handcuffing him, bringing the arm across the neck, and then holding it 
so he only has one way to turn. I teach that yep. here at the gym as well um, in our MMA class or in our, our no-gi class. Just fate, making them, forcing them to go the direction you want them to go. And if they don't, it opens you it up for it. shots. Exactly. You so. know. Well, you can only go in one direction. The only thing I would have told Lucas to do different is he's got to free that leg and then bring his foot into that hip junction. Yeah. That way you've you've got him trapped where there's only one way. And as, as he gives up and starts to go that way, your hook is right inside and it's there for you. But yeah. Little I mean, minor things. But that for 20 years old, I thought he fought a phenomenal fight, didn't take any damage, got up, walked around like he was did, did a great like, job. Phenomenal. Like he was bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good fight. Young, 20 years old. That's impressive, yeah, man. He's looking good. good 3 0. He's dad, looking good. His dad's his dad was really good back in the day. Good jujitsu guy. Um, next fight was the one we just talked about before that. But let me see here. He's pulling up. Yeah, John, the tok- yeah that was the Tokoff and Chris yeah. and Chris Gonzalez fight. You guys got to watch that fight. If you got, I mean, we were John talking about John De Jesus. <laughs> we were talking about the transition. One fighter in Parabchenko. dude. John De Jesus was good. I talked to him at the airport. He was there, and I told, "Hey, man, you looked freaking good." Wow. And he goes, "Well, I can't believe you said that." I go, "What, <laughs> man? You look fucking great." Phenomenal. You went against the guy that was sixteen and one. And a good technical fighter, dude. He hit him with that flying knee on that one. I could not believe that guy made it through that knee. No that way. thing landed flush. So when I posted that video of the flying knee, and people were talking about how <coughs> Perevchenko just took it to the face, right? And right after he did that, De Jesus also he threw it in the mid air. He starts trying to like circle off in air so he doesn't get taken down off of the <laughs> knee. I got to tell you, like I said, I've said this already, that these prelim fights, these guys were so good, so technical. Very rarely do they make mistakes. And when they did, they were able to 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 work through it, get back to their feet, or they were able to, to take the shot and not make the mistake again later on. They did some really good stuff. I was like, man, where have all of you guys been hiding? You oh. guys are really good. Then the matchup they had between Piccolotti and Sydney Outlaw. Oh gosh! You you had talked about this is gonna be like two ferrets, you know? Yeah, just rolling. You were right, man. They had so some good. unbelievable scrambles and transitions in that fight. You want to see what true ground game action is, and when yeah. guys know what they're doing, and they're going against another guy that knows what he's doing, and each guy's not gonna give up, and they 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 keep doing things till they finally get to where they want, and they think they've got it, and all of a sudden it starts again. Yeah, that was a great fight. I talked with. Did, I I did not think that uh, the judge was right that gave it to Piccolotti. Yeah, I thought it was pretty clear it was two rounds to one for uh, Sydney Outlaw. But really beautiful competition and a great fight between the two. Yeah, I had Adam losing also, and I've trained with Adam for years. Adam was one of my main training partners uh, for probably my last five, four or five fights. Yeah, he's phenomenal, man. I've known that kid since he was fifteen. Used to train. Used to train with Raul Castillo. He trained with Joao Perini way, way back in the Ooh. day with Raul Joao Perini. Joao Perini with Raul yeah, Castillo. That's a, that's old. When Joao went away, uh, Raul took over and just started building him up. And then they were all worked together for years, man. For years they've been together. Raul still in his corner, still his head coach, yep. and uh, they've been coming down to AK for the longest time. Um, he's phenomenal. I, I talked to his coaches or whatever at the airport as well early in the morning, and he had hurt his knee. In that first in that first round exchange, remember when Sydney Outlaw had pushed him backwards and he kind of caught his yep. knee underneath him? Yep. He had hurt his knee and he's like, he just wasn't the same after that. He wasn't able to scramble as much as he would have. But he still had some phenomenal scrambles. 
He just he said that was a big reason why he wasn't able to hold the back positions every time he got it. He's like he was yeah. putting pressure on his knee. He's like it was hurting my knee every time. I, and so I understand, and that's the fight game, man. It sucks because yeah. he was doing this on a steady on a steady incline to the title, and then he had the two setbacks. He's had the three now, but he had the uh, Yamauchi. Uh, lost to Rickles also. So Yamauchi yep. Rickles back to back. Then he well won. the Rickles the Rickles fight I think was a big learning was, lesson for him. Yeah, it was. He took that and he took it at a weight that was way above yep. what he is normally fighting at because he wanted the fight and Rickles was brought in last minute, but Rickles couldn't make weight. Yeah, Rickles is a big guy anyways, and so you know you learn. Hey, sometimes you gotta say, okay, I'm not gonna fight. Can't do it. You know, and I think he, I want to say that they actually had a contracted weight at 165. It was 165. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. No, I told him, I said, you should have made it 160 or 162. You should have made it yeah, more. Force them down. Yeah. Force them down. They did the best they could, you know, but then he had a really, really close fight with Benson Henderson and lost that one. I think that was a split decision also. Um, Just one of those fights, man. Like he just, Sydney Outlaw, and we knew, and I, I think he knew that Sydney, if he got on top, and you need to make something happen. And I didn't get a chance to really talk. I didn't talk to him himself. I talked to two of his coaches. And I just said, like, that whole first round, he kind of gave away by sitting in the guard. It was just a mistake, yeah. a huge mistake. Yeah. But I don't know if that had something to do with the knee. Like, he just might didn't have feel been. comfortable, whatever that it might was. Have been, but it might have been exactly what it was, and that's why he did yeah. stay in the guard because he heard it, and he's just, like, trying to let time go by. Yeah, but you just got to give up that position if you're going to try to get the win somehow. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, like, that. so go back to the main card, to the card, please. Then the next fight. Well, there was we a fight a... before that. There was the Weber Almeida and the Salim oh. Mukadinov. Yeah. That was Salim Mukadinov oh. is a good fight. Man, I talked about it before it happened. I said, look at for a 135 pound fighter, and he's stepping up to 145 because that was not his normal weight class. Weber Almeida has got power in his hands. Yes, he does. He's, he can knock people out. It's, it's rare to see a lighter weight fighter not get knockouts but get one punch knockouts you'll see them get knockouts with with volume or multitude yeah. of connecting shots that one two three puts the guy out but not one and weber almeida is showing one shot he can put a guy unconscious yeah. that's rare for a really you know lighter weight fighter man he's got power in his hands but he that one shot that hit Salim right in the middle of the face yeah. just stunned him, and then he hit him two solid shots when he was on the ground. But what it is is, like, the, the Machida group, they're really good at judging distance. Salim stepped in, was outreached, couldn't get, couldn't get to the, the shot that he wanted. He left himself out of position, and Weber just slid a little bit back and threw the straight right, let it clean on the face. Dropped him right to his, basically like rocked him back a little bit, and then Salim tried to get back to all fours. It was over, man. He was taking some shots he didn't need to take. The fight was done. You know, and I, I, he's another one that I've trained with for a long time. You know, he's been at AK for a long time. He came actually from Mike Swick's gym over at AK Thailand. He came yeah. from there, and then now he's at AK here in San Jose. And he that actually, was the first time I ever saw him fight was in Thailand. Oh, was it? Uh, yeah, he fought he fought a dude that was way bigger than him, and I was like, man, this kid's tough. Yeah. But he lost the fight, but man, what? Just a hell of a fight. And then I saw that he had Mike Swick in his corner, and I was like, yeah. okay. No, he's a good. He, he's a super nice guy too. The whole last uh, week and a half, he was actually doing the training at my gym because AK was closed down in the afternoons. They have fighter training during the day, but then the rest of the time the gym was closed. So he came to my gym to do some work. 
But uh, you know, super nice guy. I mean, I don't know if we're gonna see him back in 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 Bellator or not, but you know, I thought he won the fight with Chris Lencioni and then No doubt about it. There's no doubt about that fight, but he lost apparently. I thought that maybe they messed up on the judging on the scorecards, like they gave the wrong card and <laughs> whatever it was, that's how bad the decision was. Um <clears throat> but the Weber fight, he just left himself out of position long enough to get clipped. Yep. So that sucks. Um the <clears throat> the Josh Hill fight. Oh, it's a good fight, man. You talk about competitive. Eric Perez is he's so tough. Yeah. I love that guy. But Josh Hill, you know, we talked about he's a technician. He does everything well. You know, nothing, he's not flashy in any form at all. But man, you know, his his transitions from his stand up into just even sometimes showing that he's thinking about the takedown and hitting a knee tap and coming over with a right hand or any of those maneuvers. He just he transitions well yeah. and he can wrestle. He gets on top. He's got good ground and pound. You know, he just does things. The basics. He does the basics and he does them well. That's why he's a good fighter. He's 20 and three. Yeah. He, he, like, I, I honestly, when I did the research, on two, him, he's got two losses against who? Marlon Marais. Oh, he lost to Marlon twice in the World Series of Fighting. Oh, that sucks. I mean, I I did the research on him, and I was like, ah, he's he's okay. Yeah, I thought I thought Eric Perez was gonna beat him. I was like, yeah, he's okay. Like he doesn't do anything great. Like he does a little bit. He does everything kind of just basic. all right. Basic stuff. Yeah. Nothing spectacular. He's good. He's not overly aggressive. He just stays tight, and he just he doesn't doesn't exert energy when he doesn't when he doesn't need to. But look look at it. It's as simple as look at his basic position. Take a look at his chin. Yeah, and you know I, I always used to talk about Pat Curran. Was the guy that I would say, you want to see a guy that knows how to freaking keep his chin, go watch Pat Curran fight. And I, I'd say that to anyone because he would, his chin was just glued to his yes. chest, which makes him a hard person to put out of the fight. Josh Hill, same thing. Look at that chin, man. Down, everything's tight, hands are in the right position, doesn't overextend, doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. And when you got a guy that doesn't make mistakes, then you got to catch him in in areas where it's just not easy to catch. Yeah, I think for me, a lot of I've always felt this way: the chin's tucked and the hands got to stay on the chin. Okay, the guys that kind of keep their hands away, and I I had a bad habit of doing that of keeping my hands away. In the fights that I had a lot of success in, is I I had a good defense. And with these guys, right, everything comes faster from the chin, just straight, boom, boom. And the guys that throw real wide are usually the ones that keep their hands away. And then it takes longer to get there. There, it, sh it shows a little bit more. Sometimes you can sneak one in. Sometimes you can't. But the ones that are right here, you're very, you're a lot better defensively as well as just yep. straight down the pipe, and it gets there faster. I was impressed with him, man. I, I was very impressed with him. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him fight again. I don't know what to do. Well, I don't know what we do with Eric Perez now. That's two losses in a row, and one was a highlight reel knockout by uh, Toby, Toby Misic. Toby Misic. Yeah. Man. So, but this was a good fight. It was. This was this was a good fight for Eric. He was fighting and he was in it. He was just yeah. every little bit was just he was losing those exchanges most of the time because he was swinging yeah. so hard. He was, he was swinging and swinging wild. He was swinging wild. One time there was an exchange where he missed Josh Hill and actually hit the fence. I mean, I was <laughs> like, you know. But so, he's a good fun. He's a fun fighter to watch. I really like him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he like is. Guy, like the way he comes out, man. He puts it all out there. So that's he is. I hope I hope they keep him. He's a good fighter. Next fight. Just what do you do? Who do you put him against? Sorry. Well guys. then we had we had the other one we had was uh 
Amazon. Oh, jeez. Against Leminger. Jeez. 24 and 0. And 0. 24 and 0. Dude, he's good. He just that makes it look effortless. Hey, dude, he does. And he just, he looks like he's bored. Yeah. He's, he's just, just bouncing around, just touching you, hitting you. Next thing you know, the guy's on the ground. And hits you from all kinds of different angles. His yep. shots, you know, he'll throw a combination and it's a four punch combination. Each punch is coming from a different angle, uppercut, hook, straight, overhand. You go, God damn, he's good. Damn. You're always guessing. He just keeps you off balance. Yeah, if you go back and watch the broadcast when we were uh, talking it over, I went back over the replays and I was saying, like, watch, he hits him with a, a straight right, then he hits him with a little right uppercut. So it goes right hand, right uppercut, little left hook, and then and then a Leminger like runs away, starts to run away, and he touches him again, another left hook, and then he goes down. It's like, oh shit, man. It's just nasty. And then he gets on top of him and just fucking beat his ass. It was like he was hitting him with you, well, you heard the this, shots. Like, good, this is what good. you're talking about. He gets on top of someone, he does not lose his mind. Yeah. He creates a space and he brings power. You know, that's what damages you, man. That's he's got it going. That that kid, yeah. you know, we talk about, you know, the new style of MMA fighter. He's a guy that he didn't start out wrestling. He didn't start out kickboxing. He didn't start out in Muay Thai. He didn't start out with jiu-jitsu. He started out learning MMA. He learned everything. And, man, you can see it because he transitioned from one skill to the next so well. And his wrestling, you know, his wrestling is nasty, dude. Yeah, you guys got to go He's back and watch the fight with Ed Ruth. Beautiful takedowns. You got to oh. watch his fight with Ed Ruth. He hip-tosses or throw, he hip-tossed him. He hip He hip-tossed. He took him down, won a couple of the scrambles where Ed took him down. Uchimata on him, swung the leg up, flung him over, a variety of attacks. And you just look and you go, God damn, that's against a three-time NC2A champion, 136-3 and record at Penn State. And he tossed him multiple times in a fight. Outscrambled him a couple times also. And I've wrestled with uh, Ed Ruth and his... He's got cat-like reflexes. Out scrambling him is like the thing that most people don't do. Yeah. Like he, you know, you think you've got him down, and no, you don't. It's just getting started. It's just getting started. Amosov was there at every bell. It was pretty impressive, man. I I don't know why he was the the main event on the nah, prelims. And I want well, to we had talked about, about it, that. It's just that's crazy. Well, we did complain. Yeah. How does a guy that's twenty four and zero going against a guy who is eleven and one at the time? How's that on a prelim? Uh, you're, you're, He's so good, man. People got to watch him. They got to uh, see him because yeah. they got to. Once they see him, they'll know, dude. He's for real. As you know, I'll, I'll uh, right now. I will tell you, Khabib is better. I'll give it to him. He's twenty-eight. No, name me the next fighter that's got a better record than Amazon. And Amazon is fighting real people now. Yeah. So it's not like he's fighting bums. He, he's fought, you know, guys from the that is that have fought in the UFC that were good fighters. And Scroll stuff. up. Scroll he's up the real deal. Record. So he's beat Eric Silva, he's beat Dave Rickles, he's beat Ed Ruth, he's beat uh, Nathan Oliveira, Gerald Harris, uh, Diego Calvacante, he's beat, who else? I don't know the Russian guys that he's and beat he gets because into he the came Russian, in all yeah. the Russians. So, and you yep. know they're all tough, so I don't even oh, want to yeah. get into that. I don't want to get into that. Dude. Yeah, you know all the Russian guys that he fought and he beat before he came over to Bellator, they were all tough. Yeah, I mean, he's so good. I, I, I just don't know who we have him fight next. Outside of like... 
He's already beat Ed. I mean, I could see him maybe fighting John Fitch, maybe fighting Neiman Gracie. Stop. Let's be honest. Yaroslav signed a contract to fight John Fitch because John Fitch said yes, and then John Fitch was the nope. (laughs) John's not dumb. Yeah. Okay. I like John, and I'm going to give him credit. He's a smart guy. He watched this and fucked that. I ain't fighting that. I ain't fighting that guy. Yeah, I mean Neiman Gracie, maybe. Uh, you know, yeah. to me, to me, yeah. honestly, the fight, Jason Jackson. Oh yeah, I think that's a great fight. That's you a talk about a guy that's fighting fight. right now, fighting really well. Jason Jackson, man, he's he has just stepped it up, he leaps and bounds yeah. better from one year to the next. He's looking great. He's in shape. He put on a performance against Jordan Mean, and Jordan's good. And Jordan was tight, looking good the way Jason Jackson just beat him up after a while. Knocked him down, beat him up. Jason is looking phenomenal right now. So, yeah, yeah, if you're looking at a guy who you could say, all right, let's see, you know, let's see this fight. I could see Amazon against Jason Jackson. That would be a huge feather in the cap if Jason beat him because he would be taking away that O. And that would put Jason in a position. You're looking... You know, at twenty four and zero, you know Douglas Lima's the champ. Yeah, you know, and, but he's tied up uh, right now for the gay guard thing because they're trying to get that I together. I, I think that's coming up here shortly. To be honest, well, you got other guys too. You know, you've got guys like you know, put him against a veteran. Paul Daly's the guy. Put him against. Put him against MVP. You know, let's see. Yeah. MVP's only got one loss. Yeah. Let's see. Come right. on, tell me you wouldn't want to see that fight. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I oh, guess. I would. I would. Well, he would. T- In yeah. A yeah. You would? Oh, I I'd, like guess to, because, I'd like to maybe see the, the daily fight more so than the MVP fight. See, I see. I think Amazon uses that, the, the wrestling that he has, takes Paul off of his feet. I think he takes MVP off of his feet easier. But if he's Paul Daly took MVP down. Do you yeah, think Amazon's not going to take him oh, down? I didn't say he wasn't <laughs> going to take him down. But there's a difference in the power factor that you're looking at. MVP is an is a he's a problem with the way he fights. You know, he's got power in what he does, but yeah. he's a problem with the style of fight that he brings. Paul is a classic style. Yeah. And so is Amazov as far as the way he goes about stuff. Where Paul becomes the the problem is you go, oh shit, this dude can swat. This guy's got a left hook from hell. Yeah. So I'm going to take him away from being able to use that and take him off his feet. So they, they just present different problems. But either guy, you know, in a fight, I would love to see that. It would be great. He's so fucking good. I th- I mean, nothing against either one of those guys, but I think Amazon's just on another level. I mean, outside of, I really believe outside of Douglas, Douglas Lima. Lima, I don't think we have a guy on the roster that can touch him. You might be right. I mean, MVP poses a threat because of the way he fights. He's going to do yep. that to no matter who you put him in there with. He's going to pose a threat. That's going to be a threat to anybody. But once he gets taken down, it won't last long. No. It won't last Almost long. off on the ground is good. He's so fucking good. He's good. I mean, look what he did to Leminger. Like, when they hit the ground, it was done. Like, yeah. he just was putting some oh. nasty ground up on him. And, he, and Leminger was trying and, to get back up. And he was just pushing him back down like nobody's And he's there. got submissions, man. He's yeah. got good submissions, so. Interesting. Yeah, he's, he's uh, I think he's the he's the future. What is he? He's only 26. What a baby. <laughs> what a baby. This guy's, uh-huh. jeez, man. Yes, sir. 
he i was just saying he has second in mma for undefeated record yeah yeah it's, it's him and uh Kadeem yeah Ross. because I, I think you got what aj mckee is undefeated there's your list there uh, oh here you go look at you god yeah. damn you're He's good there doing something podcast dave look at you you are a man on a mission what's this guy Israel Adesanya, nineteen and well, zero. Why, why hasn't anyone signed this kid at bantamweight? Check, this, uh, check out, check out underneath AJ, AJ McKee. The name of Philip Miller. No one remembers Philip Miller. Walked away from the UFC at sixteen and zero and became an LA police officer. I put him through the academy. Wow, Philip Miller. <laughs> Philip Miller, man, was a wrestler out of I want to say Brigham Young. Uh huh. Uh, tough dude, fought in uh the early UFCs was, was in, um, remember the guy named Mark Give Weir from, it sounds from really, England? Yeah, I do remember Mark Weir. Yeah. Yeah. Philip was a good guy, man. Okay. He doesn't Tough. look familiar though. I do remember the name Philip Miller, but he doesn't look familiar. Walked away at 16 and 0, man. Wow. Walked away from fighting. It's uh, probably better. He's got a fucking 401k. <laughs> well, he, I, I think he got, <laughs> well, at, at the time, you know, he, he, he beat Mark Weir. In the UFC, then he yeah. beat um, I want to say James Zizek or something like that. Yeah, Zizek. from England. Yep. And his last fight, I can't remember who his last fight was. It's with. um, Marcio Oliveira. Okay, shit. Yeah, but they the UFC offered him Phil Baroni and wanted to pay him, I think, like two thousand and two thousand. He says, "I'm I'm out. I'm done." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Was that not common for 2003, though? Was that not like that, that amount that of pay? Was, yeah, that was common. Yeah. yeah, back then, yeah. Yeah, was... but I mean, some guys were getting paid 25 grand, though. You know, some some were getting paid up to, uh, upwards of like 50. I don't know what Randy and those guys, they were champions, though, too. But I mean, two and two, four and four, six and six, or eight and eight was just not the business. Brother. Eight, and eight, eight and eight was a, that was a good that payday. Was, like for me, when I fought Eves, it was eight and eight. So it was two yep. and two, four and four, eight and eight. But I had already had the two fights, and I was the number one guy in the world at the time. So you're fighting number, number one, one guy in the world at for lightweight $8, for eight thousand dollars. Yep, shitty. Yep. And then I I'm went gonna to, be then, rich. Then I went to Pride. <laughs> then I went to Pride. I made fifteen grand flat fee, win or lose, in a in a cash in a in a brown paper bag in the lobby. <laughs> Fucking just all hundred dollar bills, American money, by the way. Just yeah. brought it home and cashed it in. Cha-ching. I was like, Psh, that was more than I made in all of my fights in the UFC. You told the IRS about that, right? Of course I did. That's what I just wanted to hear. <laughs> Everybody knows a guy. You did. Yes. I know you told him. Um, okay, so then after Amazon, then we go into uh the main card. Yeah. Well, then we talk about Joe Soliski's coach in John Salter. I talked to John. John, you know. Fought in fighting Andrew Capel, he got position every round yeah. and was setting up the arm triangle. And I asked him afterwards, I said, you got to tell me, man, what were you feeling? Because John would not come off to the side. There was one time he could come off the side, but the cage was in his way. So I understood why he did not. But he did not come off to the side to make the choke tighter. And he was trying to get the choke from the mount, yeah. which is possible. It's just not common because it's hard to get the pressure. And uh, I asked him, I said, what were you feeling? He says, man, he was slippery. Uh-huh. And I was afraid I was going to lose lose the choke. And every time I started to see, so instead, when he was trying to bury his shoulder and he, he's getting it and he's trying to 
you know how guys will take when they bring their hands? Yeah. But he was trying to bring his hands and then squeeze his elbows underneath him to create the pressure. He says, I figured that would be my way of, of being able to create the pressure. And finally, that's what he did to get the tap when he got it with him. But uh, he goes, it, he goes, he was tough. He goes, he was really slippery. Every time I he started to move, I started to lose, you know, my hold on him. So, but, you know, he got another submission win. You got to figure Salter now has the one loss against Lovato. Yeah. And I think only one other fight in all of his fights in what he's like eight and one in he's 18 and four overall 18 and four overall eight and one in bellator he's got reggie, the one losses to reggie Lovato. pena he lost to reggie pena in xfc or something like a long time ago yeah that's a long time ago but his fights in bellator every one of them has been a submission except for one yeah every fight here's so the pretty problem. good john here's the problem Talk he, to me. You got to finish, guys. And I know he finished him, but it, it took him a while. And they, they, and yep. here's the process. And that's what we were talking about. And I, I get the process of it all because I understand wearing them down. But you got to at least look like you're trying to do some damage. There was moments there where there was nothing going on. You're in mount. You got to you gotta punch them a little bit to, like, loosen them up. You got to do something. Like, otherwise, it's yeah. it's hard. I, I hear it. It's, it was a dominant performance. There was never a moment where he was in trouble. But I can't give you a title shot off that. I can't even, nope. I, I have to have you have to fight somebody else. And which means you got to fight another top guy or a tough opponent, which is going to be even harder to get it, to make you look good. What are we going to do with you? Like in your 35 years old, what are you going to do? What are we going to do with you? You're in that. Is he 35? Yeah, he is 35. Like, what are we like? What do you get? Well, we're just spinning our wheels. You got to open up a little bit more. I'm kind of in that thing where the UFC was with John Fitch. Like, yeah, get your, your, your. You're good. There's no doubt you're good. Oh, he's good. But we got we got to figure his ground. Look, his ground game yeah. in MMA is fantastic. Yeah, he's a ground specialist where everyone knows what he wants to do and they can't stop it. Yeah, that's a problem. That's the that's the Khabib. Yeah, he's got good you know, wrestling formula. He's got, he's got that good wrestling mixed in. But see, Khabib does damage on the floor. Well, Khabib uses what's called striking. On the ground, yeah, a lot. yeah, he does damage on to the open ground. Up. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. Salter doesn't do that. He needs to open up his game a little bit more. Yep, yep. So, I agree. Um, next fight. But he's good. Next fight that we had. Roy that Nelson. was a good fight. Roy Nelson. Well, it's a good fight in the fact that, you know Roy. Roy tried. I give him credit. He was just he's in against the guy that is uh, twenty eight years old. As we talk about, young, lighter faster way faster mm -hmm. and you know, moldovsky was just he was out wrestling roy putting roy against the cage making roy have to try to fight his way out taking away roy's right hand so yeah. that roy wasn't able to land the big shot so yeah you know take a look man roy roy came to bellator take a look at that uh that win loss i know that's not looking real good man and he was losing the javi ala fight too yeah Yep. Till till he finally took Javi off of his feet. Yeah. Went back to wrestling. Roy's Roy's had a, a hard run. And I mean, why, wins aren't coming. Yeah, realistically, I don't even know like if they keep him. If they do, I think he's got one more fight left on his contract. I think he's got one more fight, and he was saying that they were going to put him and uh, Matt Mitrione back together since they both have faced uh, you know, each other before twice now. It'd be the trilogy match. Is it one and, and one, or is it one and, and is since? It one and one. It's one and one. And since Roy and Matt do not like each other, <sighs> we'll we'll see if that happens. 
All right. Well, I mean, it's one of those like, hey, like, like loser goes home. Maybe. You think, you know, you would think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like both of them. They're both nice guys. But when it comes to, to fight stuff and the fight promotion, you got to start thinking in terms of, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah, you know, bad, Roy, Roy bad. being 44 and Matt Mitchell being what? 40? 42. 42. 42. So, I mean, it makes sense to put the two of them together, but 41, it also. 42. Yeah. You got to start thinking in terms of, okay, what are we going to do? Yep. Um, next fight. Mm-mm-mm. Julia Budd and Jesse, you say her last name. Mealy. Mealy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say my L. <laughs> Mealy. Jesse, Mealy, Julia Budd. It was not the performance I believe Julia needed. No, not at all. Yeah, I, no. Julia is physically, man, she's so dominating as far as her strength. You know, not the fastest as far as, you know, fighters or anything like that, but she's got good, you know, good snap on her on her punches at times. Physically dominating when she takes people to the ground, but she, for whatever reason, lacks confidence. In yeah. my opinion, yeah, there's a confidence issue that it's like she just doesn't believe that she can go out there and dominate this person. She just doesn't believe that, you know, I can get rid of this person. So I want to be, I want to play it safe instead of let me let me just push on this just a little bit more and just force you over the edge. Yeah. She she doesn't do that. She plays it safe, and that to me shows a lack of confidence in your ability. Yeah, she shouldn't I, have it. No, she shouldn't have it at all. She she needs to throw more. Here's the thing. Yeah, I, I'm going to compare her a little bit to Frankie Edgar, and I know that they're nothing alike. But I'm just simply saying that there's a little comparison there. No, no, no. Is that she throws one, maybe two? If she did what Frankie Edgar oh, does, okay. that's the not way she moves. Her. Yeah, that's showing a disparity between the two. Like if she did what Frank, because the way she could fight is the way that Frankie fights. Yes, because I can see that, and I can see like they. They don't have similar styles, but she could no, she be. She doesn't a... have to have the movement of Frankie, but no. she has to have. When you go, you throw in multitudes. You throw in combinations. Don't give me that one. Yeah. Don't give me that one, two, every now and then. I need one, two, three, four. One, two, three. And get out. Yes. Use your footwork to get yourself back out. Yeah, I, I don't. Because every time she threw first, every time she was throwing, she was landing, having success. And, she just didn't throw enough. And damn it, freaking kick behind those hands. Yeah. Hide your kicks behind. You've got good kicks. Why are you never using them? Yeah. I don't know, but I, I was asking the same thing about Frankie tonight. He was punch, 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 but not a whole lot of kicks. He used to kick a lot more when he was younger. At least he did a couple of nice spinning back kicks. Yes, he did. He, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. I was very impressed. I go, See? way to go, Frankie. There you go. Yeah, I would get like fucking, what do they call that when you get dizzy? <laughs> you get me spinning around like that yeah, these days. sickness just oh, like spin. I, we I showed up to the airport in uh in Hartford. They fucking bought they you know the car that picked us up was a fucking limo. I, I got sick in the back of the car. I never have gotten sick before. I was like looking at my phone all of a sudden I was like, "Oh shit, I'm feeling weird. Oh, I don't feel good. What the fuck's going on?" I'm like, "I'm getting car sick." I've never been car sick ever in my life. I used to, when I was younger, I used to love riding in the malls. No, now I'm like, God, next time just bring me a sedan. I'm good, man. Give give me the little, the little, the little whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It was horrible. It was horrible. I'm like, I told, uh, I told our guy that get books, our cars for us. I was like, yeah, never again, dude. Don't give me a limo. Never. (laughs) Anyways. Um, 
Look, I, it, it, you know what? For me, I personally felt like the 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 prelims just did so oh, much. They shine. They shine. So if you guys get yep. a chance, Pluto TV has the the whole card on there. Check out all the prelims. You guys can also go to the zone. The zone will also have them on there as well. The prelims. You guys got to go check them out, man. The other the, other than the the main event, the prelims outshined all the, the yes. main card fights. The main card fights. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm I'm talking about a little bit. I'm talking about a lot. Oh yeah! Every fight on the prelims was so fun to watch. And if you guys know what you're looking at, you're like, "Holy shit!" Like you were talking about, uh, what's it called, James Gonzalez, Chris Gonzalez, Chris Gonzalez. Sorry, Chris Gonzalez oh, and uh, Tokov. 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 Yeah, Vladimir Tokov. I was t- oh. we, we were commentating, and I said, "I would like to explain to you what they did, but they did like six or seven moves in, in like all within like ten seconds. It was so impressive." All Josh would say is. God, I was like, good heavens, man. This is crazy. And just the wrestling pedigree on both guys, the technique on both guys. Sure, they got takedowns, but the other guy just popped right back up. And it was like the way they were defending. Like, I remember back when Matt Hughes fought uh, George St. Pierre the second time. And Matt hit a double leg on him and worked his way up to a body lock. In mid-air, GSP switches from defending the double on one side. In the air, switches the wizard on the other side. Stuffs the takedown. And oh, yeah. I just remember the crowd going fucking crazy. I went, dude, I was the one in the ring. And I went, how the fuck did you do No that? idea how he did it. I was just, I was like, oh my God, did you see that? Uh, I was and like, I, oh my God, I can't That changed the whole, that. that changed, I think, how Matt approached the fight after that. He's like, God, what do I got to do to get this kid down? Crazy, man. And that's exactly what we saw in that Tokov fight with uh, Gonzalez. Yep. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. So if you guys go back. So let's, let's talk about. The light heavyweight championship fight. Ryan Bader against Vadim Nemkov. Man. You know, we we talked about it beforehand and we talked about the the differences of the two. And one of the things that we we both agreed on was Bader fights good coming forward. So if you want to beat him, make him go back. Yeah. Make him back up. He's the bully that you want to make sure that is not bullying you. And that's exactly what Nemkov did from the yeah. start. And the big difference that we both you and I think we agreed on. We thought that Bader should vacate the light heavyweight title and just stay at heavyweight because yeah. he's the faster guy at heavyweight more right now. More athletic. And in coming down, what is the weight cut going to do? He didn't. It's not like he gained weight to be the heavyweight. He just no. didn't cut weight. So he was smart in the way that he went about being the heavyweight. But when you cut weight, you know, it does, it does take something from your performance, you know, no matter what, and second off, you're fighting guys that are faster. Now this guy has it as your speed, or is even faster. And we say it all the time: speed kills. And man, Vadim Nemkov was faster than Bader. Well, the, the difference to me, I, I agree with you. The difference, the weight cut didn't seem like it was a factor. What what was a factor though was that. Ryan Bader is used to being faster when he throws his big overhand right or his big left hook, and he's getting there before the heavyweights are able to block Oof. it, or you know he hits yep. them and then they stay stationary, just trying to cover up because they Bader is faster. Then he can get in on the double leg or the takedown, and that's what he can do at the heavyweight division. Well, that didn't work against Nemkov because Nemkov is also longer. So Nemkov throwing the jab, throwing stick, staying long, and touching him at the end, making Bader fight going backwards. And we talked, and I asked him in the fighter meetings. I said, "Have you noticed um, in the early part of Bader's career is that when he was being bullied 
by guys like Anthony Johnson or you know or John Jones. He tends to sometimes Any, fold and, and crawl back into his you know into the space. Anytime he's going backwards, he's not being offensive. No, and that's yeah. when he's being the bully, he's winning. When he's yep. not, he's losing. He's losing. And that was, and Nemkov goes, when I asked him that question, he said, that's exactly what we looked into. He's like, we noticed that. And that's the one thing we're going to try to do is just try and push him around. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, I think maybe you have a chance. And I, and he fought so long with his punches that Bader wasn't able to, he, Bader was jumping in with the big punches and they weren't getting there because Nemkov was fighting so long. And Nemkov has the speed to get out of the way, unlike the heavyweights. And the takedown attempt, sure, Bader got one, but he wasn't able. And the act, the activity of the light heavyweight of Nemkov being under on the bottom, the shifting the hips, the moving the hips, attacking the armbar, trying to attack the triangle, all those things. Bader, when he when he finally there was a scramble where Bader could have jumped back on top of him, he made he didn't make he made, he made a huge mistake in not going yep. back in. He's like, ah, oh, you know what? Just get back up. Huge mistake. I think that to me is what cost him the fight. He yeah. backed out, and when he backed out, it just left him letting Nemkov get back to his feet. And or that was in the first round, sorry, but yeah. it was like he could have kept. But still, with, yeah, he could have did it, some it more was damage. A, it was a, it was a telling sign in the fight when you had him in a position that you need to have him in mm-hmm. for you to win this fight. This is your chance to wear him down, slow him down, beat him up, and damage him, and. You're not doing it. You're you're allowing him to just get back up to where he actually has an advantage over you. Yeah. Said everything. Yeah. Once he backed out, he let him up. I think Nemkov was like, all right, now this is exactly where I want to be. You know, and I put enough into him that like he maybe he thinks he's confident in letting me up, but it wasn't very evident from where I was sitting. It didn't look evident that he was that he had confidence because he was winging punches from so far away. Oh, yeah. He wasn't it wasn't even getting close. Yep. And Nemkov was just touching him a little bit here and there. And I think the biggest mistake, which led to the head kick, was every time Bader was backing up. First, he was backing up. That was one. Two was when he was backing up, his feet wasn't moving with him. So his upper body was leaning back, but his feet yep. weren't catching up. And when that happened... And he was going straight back. And going straight back. When that's when that ha- when that's happening, you're off balance already. Anything that touches you, you're going to pretty much fall. And it, was, it showed throughout the fight as Nemkov pushed him around. He was running into the fence. He was getting his feet caught up in the fence. His body was hidden. Like, he had no control of where he was going. And then the head kick came. And, man, whew, I mean, after that, I mean, the fight could have potentially. I know. And look, I read the comments already. I read all the comments in some of the sections when I posted it, when Bellator posted it, about the ref. <laughs> I thought the ref did a wonderful job. He did. There could have been moments where it could have been stopped in certain times. But you guys got to go back and watch it, and you got to watch it in live action. As soon as the ref was about to jump in, Bader started to get up, or Bader started to turn to do something. You got to let the champion continue to fight. We're talking about Ryan Bader. We're not talking about the the guy on the prelim on the prelims. Okay, he's not on the Good. undercard of the undercard. You know, getting smashed. You're talking about a world champion, and he's going against someone who's also a really talented, very good fighter. You know, but also very young. You know, and so you don't know if he's, he's going to do a Dwight Grant. And punch himself there you out. Go. You know, That's is he gonna it. punch himself out trying to get the finish and end up, you know, these are the situations you've got to you've got to let this guy get into. And so Ryan Bader, when he got up and started kind of making space, we've seen Uberim, 
We see Overeem. We've seen Overeem. We've seen Overeem. You know, turn his back and run. We've seen Conor McGregor turn his back and run. Absolutely. You know, to gain space to potentially get back to a fighting position because you're you're in a scramble. You're in this situation where there's a lot going on. The fences here. The fighters here. The refs right there. You know, and normally people are yelling and screaming, but no one was. You know, no one's yelling and screaming. But you can we hear were. the commentators <laughs> saying, "Get up, you dummy!" <laughs> Get up. You know what I mean? So when it gets into that, there's so much going on, and the ref I thought did a good job of letting them fight on. Sure, he took some shots, but if you go back and watch, there's times where he had taken. Right when he was taking the big shots, Bader started to move. Bader did put his hand up. Bader started to kind of get back to his feet. Got up three times, Josh. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. So what does that say? He was still in it. Okay. Yeah. This I'm going to make this as clear as I can because there's all kinds of people saying stuff about this, and you know I've said it too many times, but I'll say it again. You cannot ref all fights the same. You want to say they are one, different. Say it one more time. Sure. You cannot ref all fights the same. They are different, and you'll hear people go, "Well, that's just wrong." No. You're wrong because you're sitting on your fucking couch and you don't have any of the responsibility of what that guy standing in the cage has. And that guy's smart enough to know there's a difference between what you allow a two and oh, one and one, two and two, three and oh fighter against another one that's got a record like that. There's a difference in what you let them swim into, as I say, the the depth of the water is a lot shallower. Your your decision to pull them out will come a lot quicker than it will for the fighter that is the champion or the challenger in a championship fight. You don't just do it for the champ, you're doing it for both. Because this is a the difference is this. When you take a look at the preliminary fights, those are all matched fights. If it's if it's in the UFC, it's Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby are matching those fights up. Okay? It's not that those guys, you know, you know, know something about each other or hate each other or, you know, have heat. It's just a matched fight. Okay. All right. There's a difference when you look at a Ryan Bader who has earned the, the position of being a world champion. He did that through his work and his effort and performing at a high level. He attains being the champion. Nemkov works his way into beating world champions, guys that were world champions. Three of them. Three of them right in a row to get the shot at that title. It's not that it's just given to him. He's worked his way into that position. So right there, you have a different dynamic. These guys have earned the right to be in this fight. So when you have this fight, there's certain things that happen that one of the best things that you have right now is that Kerry Hatley let that fight go on and he let it go on to where there's no controversy. Yeah. It was conclusive. Okay. Vadim Nemkov beat Ryan Bader. No doubt about it. But if Kerry Hatley had stopped the fight when Ryan went down, first off, if you watch the way Ryan goes down, when he gets kicked to the head, I'll give him credit because he was still there. His hands go back. All the people saying he was knocked out. No, he wasn't. You're wrong. Just telling you right now. Okay. Seeing too many people knocked out, his hands go back to actually brace his fall at a certain point. That's telling you his brain is connected. Nemkov comes after him. At no point does Ryan Bader go out. If Ryan Bader went out just like 
Dwight Grant went out. Mm -hmm. That's why Chris Tognoni tonight stopped the fight. He went out for that much, and Chris came in and stopped the fight when he didn't stop it for his opponent in Rodriguez because he never went out. Well, Bader never went out, and Bader is trying. It's not that he is not getting hit. He, Terry Hatley knows he's taking big shots, but he's trying to move himself into a better position, trying to at times take away Nemkov's ability to hit him. He's even cheating. I even said on the broadcast, he grabbed the yeah. glove by the wrist, okay? And I said, I don't blame him, yeah. okay? Because I don't. He's trying. And you've got to let him work through that situation because if Terry had stopped it, what would you have had? You would have had Nemkov being the champion. You would have had nothing but controversy. Mm-hmm. You would have had people saying, oh, Bader was getting up. I can't believe you stopped it. Early stoppage. You would have just created controversy where there's no controversy now. It was conclusive. Oh, yeah. That's a great job by Kerry Hatley, and it's a tough job. And he's got all kinds of people, you know, wanting his head because, oh, my God, you let that go. He was absolutely right in letting it go. He let Ryan Bader swim into deep waters, okay? And Ryan Bader was, he was at a certain point dog paddling. And eventually the water went over his head and Kerry, Kerry Hatley pulled him out, all right? That was a good job by Kerry Hatley. Yeah, we had talked to him after, right after the fight. We were walking to go get some food, and he just so happened to be standing there. We talked to him for about a good 20 minutes about what he thought. He's like, look, there was a, like two times in those exchanges. I was about to jump in, and then Bader covered his head, move. and then he moved. And then he's like, in the second one, he's like, I almost like was all the way in. He's like, and then Bader put his leg up and got up. He's like, shit, I can't stop this right now. And you got to remember with refs, it really is a split second. You jump in or you don't. Because if you touch that fighter, you fucked up. It's not only a split second. It's final. When you fucking make that call, there's no fucking taking it away. Yeah. It is what it is. And so you've got to be sure. It's easy on the outside. I even said in the broadcast when Bader went down and the way he went down, I said, this fight's going to be over. I didn't say stop it because I didn't mean stop it. I just knew with the kick that, that, that landed on him, the way it landed and the way he's going down, he's not going to survive this. But I thought Kerry Hatley did a fantastic job in letting that fight go and making it to where there's no controversy. The only controversy you can have is people who are not happy that he didn't stop it. The, the other part is this, and I know it doesn't sound nice, but it's just the fucking truth. Fighters get paid to get damaged. That's what they're getting paid for. That's why it's prize fighting. All right, now they we don't want them to get damaged and they don't want to get damaged, but that's part of the price of being the prize fighter is you're going to get damaged and you cannot keep a fighter from being damaged in certain situations. They're still fighting and they have the ability to go on and you've got to let them go on and they take shots and they might receive more damage. What we try to do is not let them receive what we call unnecessary damage. Yeah. If a guy goes out and we allow the guy to hit him to see if he can knock him back into consciousness, because it can happen, that's unnecessary damage. You don't do that. You stop the fight. When a guy is in Bader's position and he's trying to work his way out, once he turns, and I, you know I talked to Kerry about this, once he turns and he starts running, it's you got to take a look at why is he running. When Connor is running, Sometimes it's just to gain space. He hasn't been hurt, yeah. but he needs to gain space. Even with Overeem, 
He has run when he's been hurt, but he's also run when he's not. Yep. And it's to gain space. Ryan is trying to gain space, but he's still hurt. And it's always the shots that you don't see that really hurt you. And when you're running away and you really can't see that fighter coming up and what he's going to land on you, the fighter is in a precarious position because he can be put out with that one shot. But once he runs and then he got put down again, that was the time to stop the fight. And that's just about the time that Kerry did it. So yeah, I have no problems with it. I thought it was a good job. I thought it was an incredible performance by uh, Nemkov. And man, I'll tell you what, that's a tough dude to beat. It's going to be fun seeing, you know, we've got a whole good, slew of good light heavyweights you know Corey anderson just coming in i'm sure Corey was very interested in what he saw in that fight wow. i'm sure he's going to take a look and start breaking down what he thinks he can take advantage of you know with what nemkov was doing but there's good fights to be made from this and it, it actually opens up the division you know nothing against ryan bader but he's the two division champ he's still the heavyweight he's you know Scott Coker's not going to let him stay at light heavyweight. No. He's got to go to heavyweight now. He's got a title to defend. And now there's a, a new light heavyweight champion. So Ryan's going to make his way back up to heavyweight. And we'll see what Nemkov can do from here. Yeah, it makes no sense for him to stay at light heavyweight. I mean, he's he, I feel yeah. like he's had better performances at heavyweight anyways. He's dominated everyone he's competed against there. He dominated the guys also, too, in the 205-pound division. But he's been out of there for years. I mean, he hasn't defended the 205-pound title in years. So what's yeah. the point of even trying to go back, back and forth also? He's, 30, he's 37 years old. Yep. Like, let's, like you all have more. You're, all, you're already more athletic than all the other heavyweights. Maybe you'll have a struggle, I think, with Moldovsky and Minikoff. Moldovsky and Minikoff. Those are, are the two problem. guys that are going to be your problems. Minikoff only because he's, a, he's fucking a mountain of a man. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six, you know? He's big. He can wrestle. You yeah. know, he's, he's one of the two, two guys being Moldovsky. Yeah, yeah. Czech Congo, Czech Congo can wrestle to a point, but you know Bader proved that he can't yeah. wrestle with. But then people are yeah. going to go back. If you guys look at Czech and Czech beat Mold, uh, Minikoff, you guys, I want no. you guys to understand. Minikoff actually got staffed that week. It was on antibiotics, so he wasn't. If you watch that fight, he never gets tired. And in that fight, he was gassed out. So that whole first thing, round, <clears throat> first round, he was done, and the whole fight was. It was one of the, probably one of the most boringest fights I've seen. Because they were just standing there. It was like a Derek Lewis and Gano fight all over again. <laughs> <coughs> so, excuse me. But it was just one of those fights. And you you have those fights. But one person had staff and was on antibiotics, and it showed. And since then, he's been tearing up things up. But then I think also, too, he'll give Brian Bader a run for his money and athleticism. And if that doesn't happen, you have Moldovsky that's there as well in heavyweight division. And he's a, another guy that just fought this last game and just put it on Roy. It was just put, it was pushing the pace, press. And they're kind of similarly built, you know. And so Ryan, I think, has got the better wrestling. Um, but it's a different style of wrestling. Yeah. You know, he's got that blast double, you know, and he's good on top if he can hold you down. But I don't know, you know, with Moldovsky being a heavyweight, heavyweights don't move as well as someone like Nemkov from the bottom. Nemkov was so active with his guard, swiv uh, swiveling his hips, getting his legs up high, was attacking the arm, trying to push the triangle. I was like, wow, this guy's his phenomenal. shoulder He's blades so never his shoulder blades never hit the mat. Yeah, it was it was he, pretty impressive. Always one side up, trying to you know do things. So he was very aggressive off the ground. He looked great. Looked great. Yeah, and everyone's gonna sit here and say like, "Hey, you know, like, hey, I, you know, Ryan Bader was talking about being the best light heavyweight." Look, man, <laughs> this is the fight game. I wasn't ready to crown that whole thing yet. I mean, I understand where people are coming from because John, you know, John Jones just left the division. Anthony Johnson's not back. Sure, you got uh, what's his name, uh, Reyes. 
What do I want to keep Dominic? Going? Dominic. Dominic Reyes. Derek. I want to call him Derek. <laughs> so you have Dom Reyes, and you've got, uh, I also like, uh, who's the other guy? The one that, um, Santos. Santos. I like Santos. him a lot. I like him a lot. Uh, he's good. And then, you know, and Blockowitz, you got him as well. He's good as well. I mean, like, they're both fighting for the title in the UFC. But, I mean, right now, I got to tell you, with that type of performance by Nemkov, I put him right up there in that mix. I mean, once you oh, get. He can fight with any He can fight with any of those guys. So I'm not Absolutely. look. I'm not. I'm not saying he's gonna beat him. What I'm saying though is that I will put him in there with any of those guys. Now, if you want to talk about John Jones, then that's a different story. John Jones, I think totally. is nobody wants to fight John Jones. That's why John no. Jones is fucking going to heavyweight. So Stand he, by for the heavyweight. So no he one there's gonna want to fight nobody. him. Nobody. And Francis, <laughs> just so everyone knows, Francis Ngannou put out a tweet or a message or whatever saying the other day, and I read the clip on on some website, which I'm not gonna give any credit to because I don't know him. Anyways, um, is <laughs> basically it was that. Nobody wants to fight John Jones, not in the heavyweight division. He's he's a better no. wrestler than all of them. He's more athletic than all of them. He's like, there's no one for him to fight. There's Francis. It's the problem. There's Francis. That's it. And I don't know if Francis can stop his takedowns. I think John Jones will be the heavyweight champ probably by the middle of next year. Could be. Summertime. I think summertime next year, he'll be. It depends on how active he wants to be. And I, I think the biggest reason why he vacated that title was like, look, I'm fighting these guys. Now they're all kind of getting to be my size. They're all athletic. I've dominated this division. I've wiped it all out. Let me go somewhere else and see what I can do in this division. He's also getting older. And like we said, like I just said with Ryan Bader, when you're getting older, go to the heavier weight classes where you're more athletic than them. Yeah. Okay? And John, he's fucking Quit got trying a huge to go to the body lighter frame. Ones. He's got a huge body frame. Quick, Yeah, I, outside of Frankie tonight. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But Frankie was never a big guy. That was the thing. No, Frankie's no. really he's just fighting in his natural weight class now. That's all he's doing. You know, I mean, sadly, he's doing it well, there, at an there older was, age. There wasn't a 135-pound weight that's class true. in the UFC when he was fighting. That's that's funny, though. That's hilarious. I didn't even think about that. Um, What else? Well, while you're on... Can you hear me? Yeah. While you're on light heavyweights, um, Scott Coker had said, made a claim earlier in the week that um, he's a better light heavyweight division. And then Dana, I've got the audio if you want to hear Dana's response to that tonight. You want me to play Sure, yeah, let's hear well, it. Well, sure. Of course. Let's hear what Dana White has to say. Come on, Uncle Dana. What do you got to say, baby? Guys, everybody they have in their light heavyweight division, we let go of. <laughs> he's got the best. He's got the best light heavyweight division. We let those guys all go. It's like the fucking dumbest thing I've ever heard. He's got. I get it. He's got to try to. I get it too. Thing, you know what I mean? I'm not shitting on him. <laughs> he's got to try to do his thing. He's got to try to sell fights, and uh, you know, the way you don't sell fights is. Oh, I got the best light heavyweight division in the world. I mean, that's the, everybody that was there was let go from here. It's a pretty silly statement. Well, I mean, I don't know how to put it. I mean, you let you I let. I know how to put it. You go right ahead. <laughs> I want. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll follow up on what you're gonna say. Well, let's let's just go down the list because there are there are many guys that fought in the UFC mm-hmm. in the light heavyweight division that. Now we're with Bellator. So he, that's a true statement yeah. on Dana's part. But uh, Phil Davis was not let go by the UFC. Yeah, he left. Yeah. Okay, he left the UFC. because more he money. Got paid, a, paid a lot more money, and that's that's called business. And it wasn't the UFC wanted to let Phil go. They couldn't match the offer that was given to Phil. They didn't feel it was reasonable to match it. That was a business decision on their part. And so Phil went. Same thing with Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader left. He did not get cut by the UFC. Yeah. 
he left. Uh, Leota Machida. I'll, I'll give you the true story of Leota Machida. All right, because it says a lot about Leota. Leota Machida was. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you numbers, but I will tell you that Leota Machida was on the last fight of his contract, and his manager calls and starts talking to people about you know what Leota's gonna want. And I know that someone at Bellator said, "Hey, when he when he's out of his contract, call us. We'll talk." And so does the last fight on his contract, gets past his little uh, uh, negotiating. There's a time period they can only negotiate with the UFC. Gets past that. They call, and the person at Bellator basically says, what does he want? They go, this is the number he wants. He goes, okay, that's the number he wants. So what I want is this. If I give him that number and I say okay to it, then right now he's going to say, I will sign with you. There is no more going back or anything like that. I'll give you yeah. that number if you you tell me yes, you're signing with me. Leota Machida tells him, "Yeah, I I would I would sign with you." Okay, you've got that number, and so he gets that number, and the UFC hears and offers him quite a bit more to stay, and Leota says, "No, I'm I'm I gave wow. him my word, and I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on." Wow. And so he leaves. Yeah. Kind of says something about Leota Machida, doesn't it? Or it says something about your money. former boss. <laughs> well, could have well, gotten more money Yeah, just saying, yeah, I'm going to stay stay with the UFC. But the UFC wanted to keep him. So they didn't get rid of Leota. Okay. He decided to leave. And, you know, that's that was his decision. And now you can sit there and say anything you want about those guys, but you didn't get rid of any of them. The only one you can say you released yeah. is Corey Anderson, who asked for his release because he's been under your ultimate fighter contract. He he won the ultimate fighter, you know, when he was whatever season it was that he fought in it. And that's a horrible contract. It's a horrible contract. I know everyone sits here and they because you know, Dana comes out and he goes, six figure contract. Yeah. Six figures for how many fights? Okay, because they're starting off at twelve. Yeah, you know, twelve and twelve, and they get fourteen and fourteen, and sixteen and sixteen, and you're doing a lot of fights to get to that hundred thousand dollar mark. And you're fighting right? top guys in that division. There's not a yes. lot of top guys, so you go right from fighting guys that that are like four and two and six and two. All of a sudden, now you're fighting guys that are fucking eleven and one, and yeah. it's like because there's no there's no other guys. Yeah. And so what you're doing in the end when you're Corey Anderson, you're going and you're fighting guys that they're making double or three times the amount of money you're making because you're still under this contract because you won this ultimate fighter thing. And that's just after a while you go, it's no different than if you are a chef in a restaurant or you are a person that's a mechanic or a plumber. You're working and the guy that you're working next to is making three times the amount of money to do the same job. Yeah. You're going to go and talk to someone about it. And that's what happened. And, you know, he asked for his release and they gave it to him and Bellator picked him up right away. That makes Bellator smart. And it's UFC can, you know, they can get rid of anybody they want. That's okay. It's their, their choice. I but am because surprised. they're getting rid of somebody doesn't mean that they're not a great fighter. Yeah. Here's the thing is I want, and you guys can, I, I, I don't even want to get into like, the, the conversation between 
Coker and Dana and that. I don't give a shit. Okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter because here's the thing. Dana had already gotten rid of some guys that were in strike force, you know, and guess what? Those guys ended up becoming UFC champions after strike force had picked them up, built their career back up and they went over to the UFC and became champions then. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, they cut Robbie Lawler, you know, they, they cut Nick Diaz. They cut these guys, you know, like yep. these are all guys that ended up being, you know, pretty big names in the UFC again, after years of fighting in strike force, look, people, when you, they like they weren't they weren't let go, but I'm talking about the the Robbie Lawlers. They were let go, you know, yeah, and they came back around, built their career back up, and became stars, and became form you know UFC champions again, became Strikeforce champions, did whatever it was. Right, you guys, if they're let go at a young age, they can rebuild their career, they can redo their career, and they can become better than what they were. And so it just takes time. That's all it does. And to think that these guys, since they've left the UFC, haven't gotten any better, it's just ridiculous. It's just it's probably the dumbest thing that I can imagine. Like if I was to put those guys against some of the guys over there, I'd put an M cough against any of those guys in that division outside of John Jones, you know, and just stylistically, John Jones is a fucking tough fight for any motherfucker. Not to mention he's probably, he probably is the best person, the best fighter that's ever lived. You know, I give it yep. to GSP still, but I only, I only give it to GSP based on the fact that GSP's never tested positive for steroids. That's why I, I if it was, if John Jones had never tested positive, I'd say John Jones. I would say John Jones with everybody. Okay. Yep. But that's the thing is, is Nemkov can stand. Nemkov can fight Dominic Reyes. Nemkov can fight Anthony Smith. Nemkov can fight those guys. And I think he can beat those guys. You know, um, they, those guys are not John Jones, you know, and, nope. I, and I think what we saw at the end of John Jones's stint in the 205 pound division is like, he's bored. He's bored. I gotta. I just gotta be honest. And, you know, as much as I want to say, like, okay, I, for me, I've always, I've kind of always hinted around, like, the fact that, like, okay, is he off the stuff now? Is that why he doesn't say? But he's also older, you know. So I don't know what it is, but he's also older, and so him going to heavyweight, I think we we talked about that with Bader. It's a perfect opportunity for him to go there. The light heavyweight yeah. division right now, across the board, is up in arms. It's just, it's it's a it's a toss up. If you put Machida against any of those guys. Machida just has a really weird way of making everyone look bad. It's kind of an MVP thing. Like he makes everyone look bad because of the way he fights. You know, it doesn't he's matter awkward. how yeah, he's awkward. And his footwork is so fucking good. His speed is good. You know, I mean, all those things are they play a difference. And so I think the the light heavyweight division, Dana, they said the same shit about me. They said that they had cut me. They didn't cut me. <laughs> they were trying to still sign me up until the day I signed with Bellator. You know, they, up until the very day, it was like two days before, what's it called? Joe says, hey, are we getting this deal done or not? There was never a thing like we were letting you go. So I, I know exactly when he says we let them all go. No, you're when he said when, <laughs> when he, when, his job as a promoter is not to promote anybody that's not yep. inside of his organization. Just like he just he that's said okay. about Scott Coker saying like that's what Scott's got to do to promote his his fights. I get yeah. it. Well, that's what Dana White's got to do to promote his organization. I get it, you guys. Look, it's not a knock, but if you guys are at home going, oh, because Dana said, duh, 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 it must be true. <laughs> you guys are the same idiots that believe all the politicians, right? Running around fucking. Oh, it's, you know what I mean? So just, it's not true. And, you know, it's like maybe those guys, yeah, sure. Phil Davis, you know, he, he was always in the top the top group of guys when he when he left. Ryan Bader was always in that top group of guys when he left. Maybe he wasn't number one and number two, you know, but I mean, he did fight John Jones, you know, uh, Phil Davis was always up in that top upper group. Who, who else out of that? I mean, Corey Anderson was what? Number four at the time, 
You know what I mean? So we, we've got a good group of guys in there. Now you guys got to remember that as well. We don't have as many guys because we have a lot smaller roster and we also yeah. don't have as many fights. So if we can't just sign people and then sit them on the bench for them not to make money, that's fucking up their careers. So when Bellator does that, like they've got a small group and a small, a small group of good fighters. Uh, I would put them against those guys for sure. I would because stylistically, yeah, sure. I could pick some guys that would make those guys look bad and they could pick their guys to fight the guys on our side too, to make our guys look bad. That's sure. what matchmaking does. That's it. But I would put Nemkov against the winner of, of uh, Dominic Reyes and uh, Blockowitz all day long. Yep. All day long, I'd put them against them. So, yeah. And I think it'd be, be a good fun. fight. I mean, why don't we it'd just be a do that? Good fight. Why don't we do that cross promotion? Let's go across <laughs> promotion now. Why don't we just get do that? I think it's good. And I would put, and I would put uh, Amosov against fucking any other 170 pounders. You know, I would do that as well. You know, if you want to, Usman. Go ahead. We saw, I mean, yeah, You're not even putting I, Lima. Come on. No, no, I'm saying I would put Amazon, I would put Lima against any of them. It, you know, I think stylistically, though, Lima has a harder time with Usman than Amosov has a harder time than Usman. It, it, it just matches like, the styles. The styles of it all match up really well. Like, I'd put I'd put Colby Covington against um, U- Lima all day long. I think Usman has learned how to strike a little bit better. Colby would have no answer for that calf kick. Usman being long with the push kick and the long jab, and he's gotten a lot better with using his reach and his range a lot better. It would be, it'd make for a fun fight because Lima's a huge fucking one seventy pounder. We're getting into this cross promotion stuff. I know it never is going to happen. So let's, you always get into that. I, know, I do. I love it. You I want love, it. To, you I love want it to happen because I fucking love talking about this shit. That's why you and I are nerding out over all this stuff all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, let's. Will you pull up? There was a couple other like things that. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a couple other things oh. that I think. What else was there that was going on this week? In fight stuff this week. Um, I looked through what we haven't covered, and there's, there's Jesus, we kind of covered it all. Um, Dana had said uh, tonight that after the show that Tony versus Dustin is the likely next fight. That's a fucking amazing. That's fight. a great fight. That's an amazing fight. You know, I mean, good, if you look good at job it, by Dana if he puts that one together because that's a great fight. And you look at Dustin, right? Dustin, uh, he'd beat Gaethje already. You know, so you got Dustin to beat Gaethje and then Gaethje being able to beat Tony. Beat that Tony. puts Dustin right back in that conversation. And I think I think Tony deserves to to uh, shouldn't have to fight someone lower than that. I think they're what four and five or, or sorry, three and three and oh, yeah. two and three. I think they're two, two and three because you have Gaethje's one and you got Tony's two and you got I think Dustin is three. Dustin that three. makes sense, man. Connor four. Connor four. It makes sense. Great, great fight. You know, I mean, I would like to see more of Connor fight. Dustin or Tony also, but I mean, I, I'm not knocking this fight. I'd like to see Connor get in that mix, but it ain't going to happen. Connor's only going to come back for the title shot and they're going to give it to him. They're going to give it to him, you know? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, who are they going to give fight? it to him against? Hold no, on, hold on, hold on. A great fight. No, a great fight. Some, a you're, great you're fight. Be... No, you're saying something there. Who are they going to give it to? Because Khabib's not going to fight him. No, Khabib's going to leave. Exactly. So who are they going to give Connor a shot against? You're going to say they're going to bring Connor in and give him a shot at the vacant title? I think, no. Yeah, pro- I mean, probably either if it's Justin. At 170 and 155? 155. So they're going to give Connor the shot over all the guys that they have that are actually fighting right now. Are You You know the fucking answer to that. You, <laughs> why would you even ask me that I just, dumb I just question? Push it, Come you on. You know the buttons. answer at that. 
for sure. They're going to like if, if of course they will. It's called making money. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, him being the champion just makes sense. That's what it does. It makes makes business sense. That's what it, it makes, makes business sense. Yeah. If you're a hardcore fan, you're hating that. But if you're if you're a nerd at home, like just someone that just sits on the couch and watches UFC <laughs> because your friend because you and your friend train UFC. then you, oh, you probably... I used to have that shirt. It was a great shirt. I, I train, train UFC, UFC, bro. That's great. <laughs> I love that shirt. <laughs> That's going to be a great I gotta, fight. I got to have one of those. Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson, great fight. Justin Gaethje versus Khabib, great fight. I mean, their they're lightweight division is fucking great, man. They got a great oh, lightweight phenomenal. division. Phenomenal. <clears throat> phenomenal. Great lightweight division. Yep. Uh, I'm obviously a little biased, too, because they're, they're good guys. Lightweights, I, I favor all lightweights. That's the, you know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we know. Um, let's, you know what? Let's get into, let's get into one thing real quick. Right, kind of Let's get into some boxing. Oscar De La Hoya says that he will fight any top guy in boxing. In boxing. Came out and said he's going to come out of retirement. What is he, like 50-something, 50 50-something 50 years old now? Talking he's going to fight any top he's gonna, He wants to fight a top guy. Oscar De La Hoya, 47, says he's ending retirement to resume boxing career. Also said something I was reading a uh, thing saying he wanted to fight a top guy. I said, you're stupid. Yeah, guess what? He'll do it. He ain't going to fight a top guy. I no, I think any top guy would fight him, but I don't think he's gonna fight. Oh, a top guy. I, I didn't say that. I said he's not gonna fight a top guy. I think there's I'd any love, of the guys in the top. I would will love fight to him. see him and fucking Floyd Mayweather fight again. Now they're old. <laughs> now they're old. Yeah, he, he actually he actually fought Floyd well. Yeah, he did. You, you go back and watch that fight. He fought, yeah he fought Floyd well. Yeah. Who else? I would love to see him fight fucking uh, Dana. That'd be a great fight. <laughs> yeah, there you That'd go. That'd be a great fight. Let's see. Let's yeah. see. Uh, I mean, realistically, I don't know. At I don't... any weight. Oh, he's going to fight anybody at any weight? Is that what he says? No, no, no. no. I, dude, Dana. Dana's got to weigh oh, what? Yeah. 200 now? Oh, 215 yeah. pounds? 220 pounds? Oscar fat and out of shape would fucking just smoke Dana. Oh, destroy him. <laughs> the, I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, who? who where, I don't know what weight class he'd fight at. Canelo's weight, 160? Well, he'd be the, I would say 154, 150, 154 or 160. He's not going to make 147 anymore. No way. I don't even think he'll make 54. I don't even think he'll make 54. Possibly. God. This is, this is a, this is a headache, man. I, I didn't even, I didn't even know that he was thinking about trying to come back. It's I, like, think, I think he saw Tyson in the midst thinking he could do that shit again. Uh, Bro, great. you ain't Mike Tyson, dog. <laughs> Mike Tyson's an animal. That guy, yeah. also too. but you're fighting heavyweight no. guys, and he's fighting. They're doing an expedition with Roy Jones. It's not like he's yes. He's not trying to fight, you know, the top guys. He's not fighting Tyson Fury or there you uh, go. What's the other guy? You that, uh, any of them? Deontay yeah. Wilder, Anthony Joshua, God, Tyson no. Fury. You know what they would do to Mike Tyson right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Although Mike Tyson looks great hitting mitts, yeah. I love Mike Tyson. He can't go in and fight with those guys now. Allen Iverson. Okay. I remember we're talking about practice. You watching the do hit bits? Come on, man. We're talking about Allen Iverson. <laughs> we're talking about practice. Come on. Yeah. No. Hey, but it, you know what though? It does kind of spark my interest to see who he does fight. I'm not gonna lie. It's no different than if like Floyd saying he's gonna Floyd's talking about he may fight again here soon. So I don't know. Whatever. Tyson and, and, and Roy Jones got a little spark out of everyone too when he was hitting the mitts and then Roy Jones now. I mean, whatever. It's going to be fun. I, I'll tell you what I can see if you know, because Floyd is talking about fighting and he's got Dana doing something oh, with geez. him. Oh, no, because of the, because of the, all the hard, you know, lines and the, 
the bad blood between Dana and Oscar. Could you imagine? Come on, something in there. You talk about a soap opera. Zufa boxing with it's going to be Zufa and and uh, Delahoya Zufa boxing. Mayweather, Zufa Mayweather Golden Boy Boxing yep. brings you yep. the return. Floyd Mayweather against Oscar Golden Boy De La Hoya. Yeah. Oh my God, I can hear it already. I just don't know. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> it's crazy. Uh, Doesn't make any sense. With your promoter Dana White. No. Come on, man. All right. Well, I think that's good. Anything else? Did we miss anything? Nah, we covered a lot. We don't We're have good. any. Yeah, we don't have any shows for three weeks now so we have another we have two no. weeks off and then we go on the third week we have another we have sh two back to back shows, shows. hey shows, let's man. let's talk because uh uh what's it called i don't know what the, what is it called you're the one the the, the goofball the one that the one that you and i like kind of like to laugh about every once in a while what's his name uh <laughs> ilwani uh, ariel Hilwani. ariel yeah okay i was trying to remember his name um I guess, I guess apparently he, like he released that we're going to be on CBS Sports. So uh, Bellator's moving over to CBS Sports. I guess he went public with it yesterday. Yeah, he did. When we were all same, uh, fighting. Same as he went public with uh, Brock Lesnar's going to fight UFC 200. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ariel. Yeah. Oh, Ariel. That's his job. Jeez, man. That's his job. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Yeah, I guess. Come on. What's his job? Uh, what does he say? Bellator MMA expected to move to CBS Sports Network this September. Interesting. Well, I mean, I mean, it's like two weeks away. Why hasn't Bellator announced that? If that's the case. Good question. That should make you wonder, right? Why this dumbass Maybe. is releasing stuff that he doesn't really know about. <laughs> <laughs> but, but is he doing it like is it maybe like a, a insider thing where Ariel's doing it because people they know it will get a good buzz if it comes from Ariel? It doesn't make any sense. Like no, no, but the, it doesn't matter which promotion it is. Every promotion wants to be the first to drop news like that, and that's why his ass doesn't is not allowed in the building at the UFC at all. That's why <laughs> it's because he decides to release shit that's not even supposed to be out yet. And I get it, you're a reporter, and I get you're supposed to drop the shit. But yeah. also, if you want to kind of keep your your relationships the way they are, you may want to say like, "Hey, you know, let me." What you can do is get on the phone and call, yeah, and say, "Hey, I've got this information, and I'm going to release it unless you give me a good reason not to." Yeah, that's good. I think that's a great idea. Go. Yeah, you would yeah. think that he would do that, but uh, Ariel, it, you know, I mean, whatever. I, it's got him. It's got him where he's at now. That's right. So he's going to keep doing what he's doing, and you got to look and say honestly. It is his job. He's yeah. a reporter. What do reporters do? They they get they get little tidbits. They get little breaking news, and they put it out there. The first one because that's what's going to get them their next click. Yeah, but here's the thing though: we hang around with Jay Glazer, and Jay also uh, talks about like there's times to release things, and there's times not to. Jay's you know? a, Jay's a, Jay's, Jay's a different a, duck than you're. Are you comparing Jay Glazer and Aaron? Absolutely Hall? not. Absolutely Jay is not. gonna Jay is gonna blow a fucking gasket. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> No, I'm just talking about how smart Jay is. Jay keeps his relationships yeah, well. He's and, smart. Yeah, and Jay does all and these things know, very well. He because, knows things. Oh, he knows he a He knows a ton of things that he does not put out. It is so crazy. Yeah, Jay knows a ton. But That's, uh, why, that's why Jay is sitting where he's sitting and doing yeah. what he's doing. And people trust him and they, they talk to him and they, they actually use him for uh, advice. Oh, yeah. So... 
and that, which helps teams out, which is great. I mean, I hear my thing is, is that <clears throat> Ariel's ruined some of his connections with the UFC and, you know, potentially, I don't even know with Bellator or whatever, but a, f- a simple phone call, like you said, like, Hey, can I, if I can't release this right now or give me a reason not to, or do you guys need another two weeks before can I release it? And I understand give a, that. Give me some time. Give me a, give me a date, date that I can. Give me a date yeah. I can. You know, let me do this. There you go. Because <laughs> because if you if you don't give me a date to release it, I'm just gonna release it now. Exactly. I understand that type of thing. I don't know. I guess when you get into that, it's like man, ah, just sometimes. Anyways, if we if we do end up moving to CBS Sports, uh, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people thought we would be there anyways in CBS Sports or CBS and Showtime and all those things because once they merge Viacom and them. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of what we saw in the prelims, you know, is you're going to see a lot of young, very, very talented fighters. And then we can get into this whole battle because I think a lot of it is too, that fight, like when people were watching fights at home up until now, they don't see the guys that we have that I see overseas or, you know, the ones that don't get to see all the fights that we have, all the prelim fights, man, we've got some good, young, talented guys, some really, really good fighters. Yep. I'm excited to see all those guys uh, explode onto the scene once we do hit, if we do hit, you know, CBS Sports or CBS or Showtime or whatever it is. So I'm excited, man. It's, it's good stuff. All right, guys. Well, hey, this is our show. It was a little bit long-winded, but John likes to talk. And sometimes I got to try to shoosh, you hey, know, but It was all me, wasn't it? Well, Podcast Day was out of control before we started the show, so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad he didn't say shit. Um, okay, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne In. There's a plethora of shirts. There up you there. go. You're Make, using my words, baby. Big words, baby. Big words. Big I have no idea what it means. Smarter. I think it means a lot. <laughs> so, okay. See, but there's a, there a big selection of shirts <laughs> for you guys up there to choose from. We've got the Karate Kid one, Big John up there with the, uh, are you with the chopsticks? I got the chopsticks. You got the chopsticks. I'm, I'm trying to catch a fly. I must be the Karate Kid. Dude, and then you're looking. You're looking at a little George St. Pierre-ish. There. Ah, yeah. I guess that's. Am I good looking though? Is that good? Oh yeah, yeah. You look then, really, you, dude. You look way better in that shirt than you do in real life. We've got the home improvement <laughs> shirt where uh, Podcast Dave is peeking over the over the fence, and then we've got our logo shirt that you see right there with Big John. He's wearing, and we got that in several colors. You guys can also pick up the blue corner, which is my corner. That lets you know that you're supporting me and how much you love me. <sighs> yeah, Josh Thompson. <sighs> yeah. Oh, what is this? You got John in the red corner, which I guess apparently means like the championship corner. I think I think it's no, I don't think I don't think that, that's Hear the roar of the crowd. We've got it in the army green. We've got it in black. We've got it also in a is that a light gray? It's like ash. It is. Gray. It's like an ash gray. Yeah, I actually like ash, that one. It, it looks better. It, looks better it than makes you look ashy. So go ahead and hit prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. Pick up a shirt there. Post a picture of it, and uh, we will repost it. If you do the um, the red and the blue, whoever wins, we're gonna. When are we gonna end this uh, contest? August 30th. Yeah, when are we ending it? August thirty first. We're gonna end it. If John oh. sold more shirts than I did in the blue corner, make sure you pick up the blue corner. Please pick up the blue corner. Red corner is the champions' corner. Remember that. If you want to be a champion, you got to go to the red corner. If we, whoever wins, Does that makes sense. In the group of people that selected <laughs> from that, we will pick uh, an email because you guys submit your email on the website, and we will email you and ask you directly what your address is. We will send you over a signed T-shirt. And I've decided and, we're going to pick the name live on the show. We'll pick the name live on the show. There you go. Good job. Good job, podcasting. I like that. I like that. 
And I believe that's everything. Go to YouTube, SoundCloud, Google, Spotify, all those things. Hit the thumbs up on YouTube. Share our videos everywhere. We appreciate you guys. Our numbers are growing, and we thank you guys for that. And uh, we truly appreciate you guys. Great show, guys. Good job, podcast. Dave, you didn't say anything today. Very nice. Okay. What do you mean? He talked a lot. You did great, Dave. I tuned him out. Proud of you. <laughs> I cut right. Josh's headphones off. <laughs> he did. He actually did. All right, guys. Take it easy, and we'll see you next time.